Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson. Just the two of us tonight. We got a special edition. When this episode comes out, I will be on vacation again. Yep, out of town again. So I, I like never go on vacations, and somehow you, I've taken two in three weeks. So you are the uh, world traveler, dude. Yeah, I can't That's wait for all the, can't wait for all the comments from my members. Oh, do you ever work? <laughs> You take one vacation. I know. I've taken like 10 vacation days in the last two years combined. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be labeled as the vacation guy. Now you're lazy. That's right. (laughs) So I will be going out of town. But Jay and I wanted to do, we've kind of been teasing this. Obviously, everyone knows if you've been listening, paying attention. We have did a trip to Bannon Dunes last week. Really wish we were still there. Wish we never came back. I can just somehow walk myself there. And we'll, uh, but we're going to break it all down, kind of do a deep dive on the resort and the golf courses and kind of give everyone, you know, a feel for what it is. I'm not sure how much all of our listeners know about Bannon Dunes. It's funny, as I, as I talked to people when I was going, some people knew a ton about Bannon Dunes. Some people goes, oh, where's that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I got the same response and um, I don't know. It's, it's cool. I guess it's, I'm glad that we're doing this to kind of shed a little bit of light on, on this place. It's absolutely incredible, but you know, yeah, I got, I got that quite a bit and I just, you know, we're in the golf world and you know, we're kind of golf nerds obviously. So we obviously know how incredible these golf courses are. Five are ranked in the top 100 in the world. So we know how special a place it is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that not that many people, you know, know about it. Um, but I'm glad we went. Yeah. And I think that's part of this that, you know, called the East Coast biased, right? We, yeah. You know, obviously everyone knows like Pebble on the West Coast, but it's, you know, here it's, it's Pinehurst and it's, you know, Kiowa and now Stream Song is getting big on the East Coast and that kind of stuff. I think from a resort golf standpoint, you know, some people talk about some things in the Midwest, but um, yeah, I'm just going to, right out front, I'm going to say this. I, I texted like my, my whole family. I'm gonna, this is how positive this podcast will be. I texted my whole family on our last round of golf at Bannon Dunes. Somebody took a video of me on the par 312. And I sent it to my entire family and I made that decision right there. I was like, you all have to come out here and spread my ashes when I die. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I'm going to get it in the will when I come back from this vacation. They're going to lug their asses to Bandon, Oregon, and they're going to uh, fucking spread my ashes on that on those cliffs. They're going to be like, damn, Mike, like this last wish. Now we got to fly all the way across That's the country. Right. People, I've had that asked me, oh, you're going to get, you know, you know, buried or cremated. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm getting cremated now. I want my ashes there. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, it was, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but you know, that first, the first course we played was old Mac and, you know, uh, the first two holes are, are, they're fine holes, but they're kind of, uh, you use the term that uh, uh, one of the architects, I know they didn't design all of them, but they're the initial thought of is like that that first hole should be kind of a, a way to ease you into the round and you called it a, a gentle handshake gentle but, handshake that's right yeah which is really cool because all the holes are not overly challenging a lot of them are par fives but uh, the first hole at old mac we just it was a simple par four not that long it played into the wind for us um, and then the next hole is a pretty decent little par three into the wind and then once we come up uh, over the hill uh, on the third hole at old mac you hit over this ghost tree which is the signature hole um and if you look, you can Google it and, and, and see the pictures of it. But uh, you hit up over this hill and you have no idea where you're hitting it. Um, you Literally, they tell you just to hit over, over the top of this tree if you can. And you hit it and you walk up and then you get on top of this ridge and you can see the entire golf course. You can see the coast. 
You can see everything. And I mean, it's I, spectacular. it's unbelievable. I was like, this is not a real place. This can't yeah. be a real place on earth. I, that's how enamored I was with it. I've played. And so have you, I mean, I've played all over the country, uh, every state, almost I've played, uh, you know, the top golf courses and have never played pebble, which I'm sure is, is very impressive, but this was just, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, it was, it was just stunning. And so let's, let's give a quick breakdown before we get in depth on the actual golf, because we're going to talk a lot about golf, but it is a resort and it is a trip. And, um, so quick, quick breakdown of, of some logistic for anyone looking to go there or thinking about it and, and how do we do a, a trip to Bandon Dunes. So Bandon Dunes Golf Resort started in 1999 by Mike Kaiser. There will be golf books written about this guy one day. Uh, he is 100%. like the, the godfather of modern golf resorts. He had this crazy idea. He was just a golf nut. Actually, his company where he made his money is recycled greeting cards. So if you've ever gone to this such a target and bought a happy birthday card for someone and looked on the back and it said recycle greeting cards. That's his company. I think he's now sold it, but that's where he got his money from. And he developed a nine hole course, small private course in Michigan um, called the dunes club. And then he's like, man, I really like having golf courses. And, I want <laughs> and he got enamored with links golf in Scotland and Ireland Pine Valley is one of his favorite courses and that sand based golf that you can get firm and fast and use the ground. It was just, you know, his thing. Bally Bunyan is kind of his brainchild of what he envisioned when he wanted to find some land. And so if you don't, if you want a great read, read the book, dream golf. It's all about how he started the resort and found the land and built the golf courses. And it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story. So he finds this land in Bandon, Oregon, southern coast of Oregon, buys more land, buys more land, buys more land. Long story short, he now has five top 100 golf courses in one location <laughs> since 1999. He's also, his family, him and his sons have also started Sand Valley Resort in Wisconsin, Cabot Cliffs up in Nova Scotia. They're starting another one, a Cabot St. Lucia, and they've got all kinds of projects. I mean, they are the preeminent golf resort developers in this country right now and they're kind of changing how golf resorts are thought of because pretty much all these places are in remote destinations they're not by a major airport they're not by a major city they're not where a lot of people are they're remote destinations and, and that's what that's what's so uh, unique about this place is it, it's it's just golf it is all golf and it's not a stuffy you know gaudy resort it is it's very low-key it's like you, you you pretty much you're driving uh, you know down the coast and you you show up in bandon and you're like well, where is it and all of a sudden here it is there's one little sign and then you you pull in and you're like once you get out to, out to the golf course which is which is the way it should be i think which is it's perfect design let the course do the talking you know let the course, you know, draw the draw the attention, not the clubhouse, not the lodge. I mean, the lodge is nice, very yes. nice. It's, yep. it, it's perfect for what uh, what the golfers need. It's like it's everything you need. You've got a couple restaurants, which we'll get into, but it's it's everything that you need. But they let the golf, you know, speak for it. The beauty is in the golf course, and the beauty is in the views. The beauty is in, um, you know, the cliffs that are you're hanging over a hundred to hundred fifty foot cliff on the edge of. I've 20 some odd holes on, on five of these courses. You, you don't need anything else than that. No. You yeah, don't. That's, 
And that's what his thing is. It's about the golf. You know, it's, it's kind of like you said, it's, it's in Mike Kaiser. I've had a chance. So I did work again. If you, if you listened, I did work out there in 2005 as an intern. Um, it was the year they opened their third golf course. And I had a chance to meet Mike Kaiser a couple of times. And one of the things he's always said, and it's in the book and it's everything you need, nothing you don't from the amenities, right? It's about, it's about the golf. It's understated elegance. There's no frills. It's we're going to have some good food. We're going to give you good food. We're going to give you some good options. You're going to have some good lodging. He was one, a couple of his big things was I want comfortable beds and good showers. Yeah. Right. Cause after you play 36 holes, yeah, you want to go have a nice meal. Doesn't have to be an extravagant meal. You want yeah. to have a nice meal. Let's eat a hamburger with some good fries, a nice cold pint of Guinness. Let's take a nice warm shower with good water pressure and lay down in a comfy bed and let's wake up and do the whole thing over again tomorrow. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And again. <laughs> so your legs fall off. Mine so your did. legs fall off or you have blisters on every single toe, which definitely happened to one of our, but that also happened our counterparts second day of the trip too. That was early. <laughs> so, um, and so that's, that's what he built. If, if you're going there for a resort from a, like you said, uh, uh, the the glitz and the glamour of a spa and all this stuff and shopping and there's plenty to do there. It's it's not the place for you. Yeah, it's, it's not a place unless your wife is a diehard golfer or likes to play a lot of golf. It's not a place f- to bring a couple's trip. It's it's meant for a buddy's trip. Not to saying that there's yeah. plenty of women there. If yeah, I mean, a it, golfer. It's yeah. play. It's 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 forgiving. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's you're it's it's a it can be a a, a family trip if everyone is ready to play golf. It's it's yeah. a it's a golfer's resort. It's there. It's this place is there for golf. It's not for the the extras. If somebody doesn't want to play golf and they want to just you know piddle around and shop and do things like that, it's that's not for them. You're right, hundred percent. It's it's a golfer's trip. So if you're if you've got a wife or kids that are diehards, then perfect. It's a perfect place. Yep, absolutely. the perfect place. Correct. <laughs> All right. So how do we get there? Bandon, Oregon, again, Southern coast. You can fly into Portland. A lot of flights into Portland. Four and a half hours from Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. That's a long drive. It's a long drive. You can take the route that we did. We flew Richmond to Denver, Denver to Eugene Airport, which is two and a half hours away. Yeah. Which is will... probably the easiest way of doing it. In terms of it, most cost effective for everything i would think uh, to fly in and your next the next place would be to fly into to yeah the next place uh, is north bend airport there's a, a kind of a two little towns cities north bend and coos bay that are about 25 to 35 minutes away from bandon dunes very very small airport they've been working and, and basically mike kaiser and bandon dunes has been working for years and years and years to try to build up that airport to try to increase runways make them bigger to try to get more airlines flying in there and so united does fly in there in the summertime only and it's only like three days a week but you can get a denver to north bend flight when we booked our flights because of covid they had stripped those and they weren't an option for us and i don't think we would have because we flew there on a saturday i don't think we would have been able to get that anyways i think it's only weekdays you can also get there from san francisco to north bend airport is an option so it's a lot harder the prices go up when you do that but it is only a small you know, 30 minute shuttle ride away and Bandon can pick you up from there. So, you know, flying into Eugene, we weren't staying on site, which we'll get to, but we had a, a 12 passenger van for the eight of us for our, our clubs yeah. and luggage and 
So if you if you are flying into Eugene and you have to rent a 15-passenger van, just make sure that you are not sitting in the back seat. Um, because it is, I would say the first, actually the whole trip is there's some pretty windy roads. And if you at all get car sick and you're in a bumpy 15 passenger van, then you're going to struggle. But yeah, the, the drive <laughs> from Eugene to Bandon is gorgeous in the front seat. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Lucky it, for it, you. <laughs> it's a very pretty drive. You're really never on a highway. And it's through the forest, by these lakes, by these rivers. Then you come out towards the dunes on the coast and you drive down the dunes and there's the marine layer. But yeah, if you're in the backseat, they are some narrow, windy yeah. roads. You know what I, I couldn't believe is that the dunes were like encroaching on the road while we were yeah. driving, which is, I mean, we don't, we don't have that on the East Coast, really. Not, not like that. I mean, I guess yeah. if you go you know, to the Outer Banks, somewhere along there, you can see some of these sand dunes, but... You're driving along. What what was the highway down when you're driving? Uh, 101. 101. I mean, we're, you know, 45, 45, 50 minutes, you know, north of of Bandon and you start seeing the dunes, maybe even before that. But um, the dunes are, I mean, you you look to the right as you're driving south on 101 and, and they're just the sand is like fumbling down into the into the road and you've got pine trees growing up through these dunes. It, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird mix of, it's, of pines. Yeah, we don't get that on the East Coast, but really cool. I mean, I, I, the drive was didn't bother me one bit, especially when we were, you know, we were rolling with a, you know, eight deep in a passenger van with a bunch of guys. We were all getting a little rowdy. So it was actually kind of fun to kind of uh, a little icebreaker for some new guys that we hadn't met. And we were all had a chance to kind of get to know each other. Well, so, let us tell some stories. We yeah. may or may not have had a cooler with us in the van. <laughs> Tons of water. There's lots Tons of water of, in there. Just really hydrating. And yeah. <laughs> So again, those are your those are your flight options as far as where to fly into, and and that's one of the if if there's a downside to Bannon, it's it takes a while to get there because it does on the on the west coast and it's in a remote place on top of it. But I don't care; I would do it again in a second. So um, can, we, can we go next week? Yep, let's do it. <laughs> get fired and divorced. Be great. <laughs> does so, your wife play, does your wife play golf? Uh, no, she fucking hates golf. <laughs> that's so weird that she hates golf uh, so a real real quick story she was listening to the beginning of uh this week's podcast and she got mad at me because i threw her under the bus with the whole hole-in-one story when i said we facetimed her and she just wanted to go to bed she's like i did not say that <laughs> she goes you're always throwing me under the bus <laughs> and so she wants to come on and we may have to do this I, I may be speaking out of turn here but we may have to let all the wives come on here and just roast us for an episode that's fine. I think it's, I, pr- I probably deserve a little roast. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I deserve a lot, but and uh, I mean, I'll probably deserve roasting by your wife and my <laughs> wife. <laughs> and it, that is true. She yeah. does work with you, so yeah. um, she really hates golf. Because when you're not in the office, you're probably playing golf. <laughs> yeah. So she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to get some answers to something, and I'm not in the she's office. Like, and damn it, I can't get away from this damn sport. <laughs> so also, let's. Keep going down the line here so we can get to some golf. Time of year to go. The 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 weather, the climate in Bandon is very weird. When we were there, so in the dead of summer, the highest temperature was probably 67, 68. Yeah. The lows at night were 54. Yeah. And then even in the wintertime, like 
the and I I should have pulled up the monthly or yearly averages. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I talked to like the caddies. 55. Yeah, I talked to the caddies quite a bit about that because I was just trying to get a feel for it. And they're like, really, the the temperature doesn't deviate more than ten to fifteen degrees, and in, in the middle of all winter, year. yeah, all year, middle of winter, you'll get highs of fifty five. You may have a day where there's a little less wind, but you'll get a little bit more rain you'll, or you'll get some uh, like that kind of sprinkly kind of all day spitting rain kind of, you know, you know, typical kind of winter on the you know, northwest Pacific coast. Um, so, like you said, it, it really doesn't deviate much from, you know, that 65 to 55 temperature. But then you're just it just I think you get a little bit more sun in the summer based on what I've, I've heard from the caddies who we had some great caddies, which we'll get to. But yeah. um, and then the, in the temperature, uh, not the temperature, but the, the wind direction changes. Uh, we had a, a northern wind uh, in the summer um, and then in the in the winter it moves comes in from the south. So 180 course, degrees difference, yeah. 180 degrees difference, of course, plays completely different, but which makes it fun. I mean, I. I kind of want to go back in the winter just to play it, play all the holes in different. Yeah. Different play all the holes in a different direction. I mean, we, yeah. like, like we said, we've got 20 some odd holes on the coast. Um, and you know, some holes are downwind. They play extremely easy and some holes are into the wind that play <laughs> extremely difficult. Um, so it'd be cool to kind of switch it up and uh, try it from the other way. Yeah. Pretty much the biggest difference in weather is just precipitation. It's pretty bone dry in the summertime. Mm-hmm. does not rain very much and you're going to get a lot more chance of rain you know late fall winter early spring if you look at the 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 graph on the precipitation it's, it's pretty drastic from that standpoint but from an actual temperature standpoint it's not not that big of a difference you know i had i had a actually my mother called me like a week before our trip and she's like michael it's going to be like 110 degrees out there they're having that massive heat wave on the west coast and i'm like uh not abandoned. Not- We're in this little bubble there. It was 70 or 67 degrees when I looked that day. I mean, it was, it's, it really is just, it's mind, mind boggling to me. Again, <clears throat> we're coming from the East coast where the temperature is pretty, it's pretty standard all the way up and down the East coast. So the further you go North, the cooler it gets and usually a little less humidity. It's pretty consistent all the way, but the temperature doesn't deviate much when you go further inland. I mean, maybe a little bit, you don't get as much breeze, but it's pretty close. Yep. But there um, you can be, like I said, on the coast, on the Bandon resort, 65 degrees, you go inland to what's the town? Kahili. Um, uh, yeah. I forgot how to pronounce it. It's, it's 15 Coquille? minutes. Coquille? Yeah. It, it's 15 minutes inland and it's 85. It's 20, 25 degrees difference. They, it's just, I guess the winds and, and so forth, it just makes a huge difference with topography. Yeah. And it's, we don't, we don't really have that. We don't, you know, if you're on the, if you're on the East coast, it's you're at, you know, you're uh, in terms of sea level, you're at zero. Yeah, There's no little pocket climates here. Yeah. There's no, you're, there's no cliffs on the East coast. I mean, further up, you know, in, in the Northeast side of the States, you can get some, some of the cliffs and stuff like that, but in the middle Atlantic to South down to Florida, there's nothing you're sea level. And yeah, <clears throat> Which is kind of neat. The West Coast is its own its own little animal um, in terms of the weather patterns on the West Coast. But I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty cool just to to get there. I'm like, man, it's 65 degrees here, and we're you know middle of summer on the coast. And I'm like, got a I got pants on and a pullover. I even wore a hoodie one day. Man, yeah, who it's, does that? Uh, you can wear you can wear a lot of different things and, and still kind of be comfortable. We had guys in shorts and a golf shirt at some points, and others were you know I wore pants the whole week one because I'm just used to wearing pants and it wasn't going to be 90 degrees. So that was, you know, fine for me. I was never hot in the, in pants, but you can have vests on sweaters on 
pullovers on. And, and sometimes it's, it's on and off kind of all day, even on a, on a given course, you can start with some wind and in the dunes, like banning trails, and then it goes up into the trees and it gets warm. And then you back out into the dunes and the wind again, and it gets cold again. And yeah, you can get closer. You get to the coast. You can even feel the, the temperature change five degrees. The Marine layer rolls in. So there's this, even on the individual golf courses, there's different like climates, yeah. which is kind of nutty. You know, it, it I mean, really I'd, say, I'd say, you know, on banning trails, which I'm sure again, we're going to talk about a little bit, but Bandon Trails is one of the few golf courses that really touches on the foothills and, and works back. Um, I guess it would be back east inland, mm-hmm. and you've got some more rolling hills up and down some of the some of the cliffs and bigger sand dunes. And like you said, Mikey, you, you get you get uh, sheltered from the wind, and now all of a sudden the temperature goes up like ten to fifteen degrees, and you're on the same golf course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. You start the day in, and you're close to the coast on the first couple holes and it's, you know, blowing 20, 25 and it's 65 degrees and you work your way back and it's 75, 80. And you're like, oh gosh, I got this sweatshirt on and you peel this thing off. And then yeah. as you work your way back towards the coast, it gets cold again. Cold again. It's great. Kind of cool. It is cool. It, it's just different. And, you know, it's just not like, again, like you said, we have here in the East Coast. And it's, in all honesty, it's not like you find many places in America. So Mm-mm. it's, um, it's special. So, all right. So lodging, there's, we're not going to break down all the individual lodging. Um, we didn't actually stay on the resort because when we booked this in October of 2020, we couldn't get lodging freight guys kind of even remotely close together. So they recommended a, a house called the Bandon Manor, which was like a mile and a half from the main gate of the resort. And it was awesome. It was set up basically for eight dudes, eight bros, as we had our bro fest, as we yeah. jokingly called it to go play golf. But as the actual resort, there's tons of options. There's like five or six, maybe they're getting ready to open some more lodging. They were finishing it up when we were there. So it might even be their seventh option um, for different rooms. You can get just a, a double bed room, just like any hotel room you'll see wherever you go in America or, you know, their high end, which is, they call the Grove cottages are four bedrooms, uh, single occupancy in, in each bedroom, big, great room. You know, that's their high dollar. And and they are nice. They are very nice. They're you know, again, nice. it's not, they're not in your face overdone. They're just very nice. Yeah. And they all very- have that rustic, rugged feel of, of where you are. And, but again, it, it's kind of, you know, pick what you want, spend what you want from, from the lodging standpoint. They, and they do fluctuate all their rates based on the almost a month of the year. Yeah. Obviously the yeah. summertime peak time is, is their most expensive, but they are but changing it a lot. So if you are budget concerts, you can find some cheap things and, and share a room with mm-hmm. a buddy or you and three other guys can go big with the Grove cottage and each yeah. have your own room and own bathroom and have a nice big, great room to enjoy some bourbon at the end of the night. So yeah, there are, uh, they're all, they're of- all nice though. I mean, I, there's nothing there that's not. Uh, and when I say, it, everything's clean and very, very nice. Like, yes. I, like I used the word gaudy earlier. It's not, it's not, you know, over the top. It's not, there's not, not all the, the silly extras, the unusable extras. It's just everything that you need, nothing that you don't, like you yep. mentioned earlier, but very clean, very nice. And um, all of the cottages, everything that I saw online and looked at, and we stayed in, like Mike said, the, the abandoned manor, which is a mile, mile and a half off site. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great house. Ours has four bedroom, four bath, two queens in each room. Big, huge, huge 
living room or a great room if you want to call it living yeah. quarters with a we had well we had a ping pong table cornhole pool table all in our living room essentially and had we space had to up. do all had space to do all three at once absolutely eight, eight big leather chairs big table huge island in the kitchen hot tub out back which got used putting green multiple times a day putting green so that was a great spot too we'll, we'll give a shout out to the bannon manor if you are going to plan a trip out there and you know can't find what you want on the resort or not all together and you have eight guys uh that's that is the spot yeah. so again take a look at their website they got tons of options and they're continually talking about building more they're just getting so so busy out there and i think so we know uh we'll give another shout out to michael chupka from rva played junior golf here in richmond what i forget what high school clover hill he yes i'm pretty sure he went to clover hill clover hill grad yep. and- um James, you grad, played with me at James Madison. Uh, he was a freshman when I was a senior. He was the only freshman when I was a senior, which was fun. Um, he was easy to pick on, but not really because he's such a nice guy. He was a, he's he is just the nicest guy in the world. He's just a great guy to have around. He's just like a guy's guy. You can sit and have a beer with him. You can talk about anything. And he's a very smart, intelligent guy. So he's got something to say. And uh he is director of communications um, there at, at Bandon Resort, and he is been there, there fifteen years, uh, third, uh, fourteen years. I think he started years. in two thousand and seven. He's been he went there on an internship, kind of like you did, and never left. And I don't blame yeah. him after because uh, I remember reaching out to him a couple of times, and I'm like, "When are you coming back?" He's <laughs> and he was basically like, "I'm I don't think I'm ever leaving here." And I don't blame him <laughs> after being there. Um, and seeing it and seeing him there, he's in his element, and he is doing an amazing job and. And, and not only that, but you can tell he we, we were with him in three different courses, I think, two or three different courses. And you could you could see the level of respect that he had from the other employees at yeah. the resort, which is really, really neat to see. Um, and they just knew that, like, oh, Mike, Mike's here. Like and they it's not you know, it's not like they you know bowed down to him. But at the same time, they they kind of did. They're like, oh, Mike's here. What, what do you need, Mike? What do you need? What do you need? Yeah. And he well, would never. Her- and he would never like ask for anything extra or anything like that. Cause that's not his personality, but um, it's just kind of cool to see how, what he's done there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, it's like a little brother. I'm kind of proud of him. He's done a great job. So I'm, I was super excited to see him again. So it's a cool story. Like you said, Oh yeah. seven as an intern worked his way up to an assistant pro. He was the head of pro Pacific dunes for a little while. And now he's director of communications for one of the best golf resorts in the world right the world. and so it's uh it's awesome and, and like you said everyone loves the guy when we mentioned we knew chubka to our caddies every one of them was like oh man we love chubka that guy's the yeah. man right so it. like yeah you never hear a bad thing about chubka and so no. when i was talking to him he said the resort is essentially full sold out through october 2022 mm. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to book a <laughs> trip, do it ASAP. Do it now. <laughs> as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, do it. Listen okay. to the whole podcast and then go book the trip. So It's worth it. And if you want to invite me and Mike to come. We'll be your tour guides. We'll be your tour guides. We'll help you all the way. And we'll, um, we'll do I'll it make, again. I'll make scoreboards. Um, <laughs> so as far as uh, you know, a more small logistics stuff, dining. Tons of dining options. Uh, the main lodge has a couple different restaurants. They just renamed their kind of their high-end, finer dining. I'm not going to say fine dining, but finer dining restaurant. It used to be yeah. called the Gallery. It's now called the Forge Steakhouse. 
Then they had the Tuffet Puffin Lodge or Lounge in there. And there's even a cool little, we never went to it. We should have, that's like one of the few things we didn't do was the little bunker bar. Yeah. Down at the bottom. Down yeah. the basement. Um, yeah. Kind of cigar and whiskey bar um, down below there. But then each, there's dining at every club house, I guess if you will. You know, now Old McDonald's has a small little tiny clubhouse. They are going to build a new one, but there's just a tiny little counter where you can get some pre-made food and snacks. Sheep Ranch kind of has a little bit slightly bigger of an actual kitchen to make a few more things. They have some great breakfast sandwiches and some great lunch sandwiches. But then um, Pacific has an actual legit full kitchen um, and restaurant called Pacific Grill. Bannon Trails has what they call the Trails End, great food, kind of an Asian, yeah, uh, Asian flair over at Trails End, and then on the resort, just kind of near the lodge and um, main Bannon Golf Shop was McKee's Pub, who was named after Mike Kaiser's right hand man Howard McKee, who was the one that really, really with Kaiser helped kind of get all this done. He did a lot of the research yeah. and found the land and jump through the hoops to get it all approved for years and years and years. I think I'm going to get my dates wrong here, but Howard McKee helped him buy the land. It was like 1991 or 1990, even when he actually bought the land and it took all the way till 1999 to, yeah, I was going to say it took about 10 years before he really got, got it going, got it going. So, and Howard McKee was, was instrumental in that. So they named the, uh, the pub, which is uh, like an Irish, Irish pub. Um, we went there one night, so it's again, a ton of options, um, really good food. Again, it's, it's just very, very solid food. I thought trails end was, I didn't have a bad meal there. We had a lunch there and a dinner there Yeah, and was good. I had some just even just, again, they do a lot of basic stuff, but they do it really good. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of back to the point of what the whole resort uh, revolves around. It's like everything you need, nothing you don't. And I think all of, and, and that, that, uh, that bodes true to the, to the restaurants as well. Like every, every, all the, all the food options, every, every, you get everything that you need. It's, it's well done. It's well cooked. Um, but it's not, you don't have endless options on the, on the menu. It's like we do 10 or 15 things well here. Um, and you know, pick and choose because they're all going to be great. And that, yeah, but just that, keep it simple. Yeah, that's. I think that's great. I mean, the worst thing I can I can sit down. It's like sitting on a cheesecake factory and you go through the the novel that they have of a of a menu, and you're like, I, I could eat twenty different things here. Like, can you just help me? Yeah, <laughs> especially because yeah, especially because we're sitting down for lunch and we have a quick turnaround, right? Because we're playing exactly. thirty six holes, so you have you have an hour, you have forty five minutes, and you got to drive over to the next golf course. So you're like, we got to get something quick, mm-hmm. and. So they don't, you're not sitting there staring at a menu for 20 minutes trying to figure out what you want. You look at something, you get it. And the restaurants know this, that you're going to play more golf. Exactly. And they're really good at like, hey, if you guys have a quick turnaround, get X, Y, and Z. Those are going to come out of the kitchen faster. We're going to get them to you quick. And yeah. it's like their job is they know what everyone's there for. They know you're not going to sit and lounge. And and they ask. They even – the the, the um, you know, the girls and guys behind the the counter at a lot of these, these grills and and – um, some of the sandwich shops there, they ask you like, are you done for the day? Or are you going back out? And they want to know because that that'll let them know what, what How you much should they need order. To expedite yeah. your order. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's like, look, if you want, if you've got a 15 minute turnaround, you need to order this sandwich or this bratwurst, you know, you, yep. you can't order this because you're not, it's not going to be enough time, um, yeah. which, which is cool. They, they get it is it's, which is again, just 
goes to show how everyone is in sync at this resort. Like it's all about golf. Like everything that they do revolves around golf. It's no one's coming into to the restaurant um, to eat that that that's not there to play golf. For the most part, I'm sure there are some people that from Bandon may stop in the restaurant, but for the, for yeah. the most part, everyone that's eating is there to play golf. So they're, they're aware of this. They know if you got to turn around, quick turnaround, you know, hey, you can't order that. Yeah. I thought that was just, you know, again, I work there, but it's just, it's different when you work there and go there as a guest, right? Sure. I'm on, I'm on the different side of it. And you not know, like I was dining a lot in the restaurants when I was there. Yeah. You know, so it, it is cool how they were like, yep, okay, this is what you're going to get. And we're going to get it to you on time and you're going to make your next tea time and it's not going to be an issue. And this, this whole machine is going to keep rolling on without a, without a blip. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we've been talking a lot about, we just, for, for the listeners, we just had a little bourbon break. Jay and I had to have a little word, word from our sponsors. Yeah. What are you drinking, by the way? I went with the, I got a new Booker's. Um, Gosh, I can't remember. I just bought it. A tag along batch is the name. Okay. It's not go. bad. It's not bad. It's it's like a on a scale of one to hundred, they rate it like an 89. So it's pretty good. Not okay. like nice. a 94, 95 rating, but it's uh it's good. It's fine. Nice. Yeah, it's strong. So you can just it's a slow sipper. I uh in honor of our abandoned trip because we had a lot of those the house. I went a little buffalo trace. <sighs> we did have a lot. I mean, it was amazing. We were out there. And I pour it in the dark. I poured a little too much. <laughs> it's going to be a good flight tomorrow. Um, but we, when we went to the the liquor store that was there, we kind of stocked up in the beginning of the week, and we got you know uh, everyone had their own preference of of whatever. And so one one of our other buddies, Matt Brainingham, is a is a kind of a bourbon guy, and and that's probably my fault because he wasn't before, and now he's he's a nut. Um, but. Uh, they had Buffalo trace, which we can't get on the East coast, uh, that often. Um, so they had it, they had like six or seven bottles. It was still $22. So yeah, it was crazy. We, <laughs> Matt and take, I were like, we, got three. we need to get like three or four bottles. And I'm like, all right, let's get three. Let's start with that. And then, uh, but you know, we did a good job that we went to the liquor store the first day for eight guys and we got, we, we, we got plenty. Um, but we finished the week w- and we didn't have any liquor left over. We perfectly balanced it out. All we yeah, did, we I did think, a pretty good job. Both I think we maybe had store. ten beers left over. I think that was all we had. I mean, that's pretty. We had good. some Smirnoff left over. I think that Do was we? about it. Yeah, which we so, gave. Yeah. yeah, we gave to Kelly the caddy, who was the housekeeper of the living above the place that we were staying at. So mm-hmm. went to the beverage barn. So, anyways, that's something we'll kind of get into some non-golf related things, just real fast, because you're, you're going to be going there for golf, but. Bain is a town of 3,000 people, so it's small. Again, it's not a yeah. huge metropolis. There is, there's, you know, there's hiking, there's walking on the, on the resort. There's a ton of walking paths and there's a labyrinth. Look it up. It's a cool little area if you want to go meditate in the woods and, and get collected with your thoughts. And, um, <laughs> you know, we didn't have time for that bullshit. So yeah, we were playing golf. But there's, there's rivers and lakes and state parks in the area, and, and you can go, you know, kayaking and, you can rent dune buggies and that kind of stuff. So again, there's there is some outdoorsy things to do in the air. There's also a casino. A couple of our guys, I did not make the venture up there. Jay was on the trip. A few of you went up we to did. the the river, or the Mill River Casino. The Mill River Casino, which is about 20 minutes away. It was it's a good casino. Um, I will say that we we 
we took that place down. We took you it down. Did. I, I won't say how much. I won't say how much anybody won, but I will say that we had five guys and we all left left winners. We did have one guy um, who was there who was a professional um, who got up early and he basically looked at us all who kept playing. We were all up and looked at us and said, what the hell are you guys doing? Let's get the hell out of here. You're all up. Yeah. Let's leave now. And it, he was right. You need that. He was like the little angel on my shoulder in a casino. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Like, can you have an angel on your shoulder? Uh, you know? Really? A lot <laughs> but, smaller than the devil. <laughs> it was somewhere in the middle, but it was that weird voice of reason. And we all just said, you know what? You're right. What are we doing? Let's, and we all cashed out. And we, I mean, no one, no one left there a millionaire, obviously, but we left there feeling a lot better than we did when we got yeah, there. They weren't and, laying off employees after you yeah, guys left. No one lost any money. And, and, ever, and it was a great ride home. Everyone was just, just jacked cheering. up. Yeah. It was great. You know, I know so, I, I stayed back at the house because I just had visions of you guys staying out till like one o'clock in the morning gambling. And I was just like, you know what? I'm trying to survive this trip with some money left. It was a, you it know. Was a good move. Um, and when I heard you guys come back home, I was shocked. So, you know, we came back early. I mean, we were only there literally we were there for at, like an hour. I think we were at the casino for an hour. Yeah. You were the whole trip where you were gone for like two hours and that includes travel time. That, I mean, it was, that's probably the shortest that I've ever been in casino. Yeah. That was probably uh, why I usually upset lose of the week. when I go. Yeah. Upset <laughs> of the week right there. So tip of the cap to uh, George Sacco. Yeah. Uh, for voice for of get, reason. Voice I don't know. Reason. You know, I don't know if George Sacco, what a what a beaut that guy. He is he is a great yeah, guy. Yeah, voice of reason is a little. I don't know. It's interesting to use George. I don't know if he's ever been labeled the voice of reason, but I think he would probably like it. Yeah, he absolutely. That. He was a riot on the trip. Some of his getups that he was wearing. I'll still never forget that V-neck T-shirt he came out in that one night for dinner. I saw his, I saw his belly button with that. Deep. It was so low. He goes, "Hey guys, is this too deep?" And it was like, "Yes, George. That's it, about twelve inches too deep." <laughs> oh man, we had a we had a good we had a good group, which um, you know it was it was fun. And that, that yeah, that, that again, makes that, a trip too, right? That makes a trip. I mean, go with. Go with some guys that you you know you're going to get along with. And granted, we we went with three for Mike and I. We went with three guys that we hadn't met before. Four guys, I'm sorry, that we hadn't met before. And no, yeah, three, three okay. guys. So I I knew a couple of the guys. George was really yeah. the only one I had met for the first time out there. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't met three of the guys, and they turned out to be absolute. Um, yeah, it was a it was amazing. I mean, that certainly makes the trip if you're going to go and stay for a week you know, six, seven, eight days, you know, make sure it's with somebody that, you know, you can get along with. Um, and, and all these guys were uh, incredible. So yeah, we, we, we didn't have a single, we didn't have a single fight or argument no. or there was no major bickering or it was also another upset of the week was that there was nothing that nothing really got on anyone's nerves. I mean, there was, well, at small, least small things here or there, nothing yeah. that you guys told me about. So, well, yeah, nothing to your face, Jay, but <laughs> That's when a, we were when we were in the other group, we're like, "Fucking Jay!" Did you no, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so yeah, from my understanding, we all get along great. Um, so I thought all so. Right. Sure. So let's let's get into golf, right? We got rid of all the other info that you guys need: lodging, food, how to get there, time ago, all that kind of stuff. So, quick breakdown of the courses. So we'll, we'll actually we'll start chronological, or do you want to start how we played them? We'll chronological in terms of when they were when they were when they were opened, opened? as far as how Bannon um, let's do it that way that's fine okay 
Yeah. So the first course to open was in 1999, uh, designed by a, a Scotsman, David McClay Kid, was ban- the Bandon Dunes Golf Course. That is the original. He was 20-something years old when he got hired for this job. So it was kind of, you know, the blind leading the blind a little bit. You had Mike yeah. Kaiser, who n- never opened a golf resort, and David McClay Kid, who's had never really designed a full 18-hole golf course by himself. He had some help with his dad, who was a, a big-time superintendent over in in Scotland. And it was kind of just two guys looking to prove themselves. Yeah. And, damn, they did a pretty good job. And did they win? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, actually, uh, David McClay Kid lives in Oregon now. I think he lives in Bend, Oregon. He's designed a couple other courses in America and uh, and, and in Oregon. So, he's, he's obviously rode this to um, – some great places. So, you know, Bannon's the original. It's, you know, you got a good mix of some inland holes and ocean holes bounce back and forth. Very traditional links golf course. There's no force carries. Obviously, you're using the ground, you know. And so, um, I really wish I, I should almost text him right now. One of our caddies. Oh, we didn't talk about caddies real fast. Let's, I skipped yeah. over that. Yeah. Real, real fast. Caddies. We had four unbelievable caddies. Another part of what makes the trip is having good caddies. So we had gentlemen, um, guy named Squid, one of the coolest nicknames you'll ever hear. Yeah. His name is Jason Calamaro. So he's aptly named Squid. He was on my bag for the whole week. We had Tony Schuster of Instagram fame. If you guys have an Instagram account, search Tony Schuster. The guy's a riot. He posts one. He's actually a really good photographer and posts some awesome, unbelievable pictures, unbelievable pictures of the courses and the resort and just really cool stuff. And then he's always doing Instagram lives with his groups and stories and putting a bunch of stuff out there. I know my wife followed him for the week so she could see all the videos he was posting of us and would tune into his Instagram lives and, and see us trying to fight the wind. We also had Joey. Joey Russell has been there forever since day Joe one. Joe. Since he, yeah, since they started. Yep. They he's, started. A, he's a native of the area of Coos Bay, of Coos Bay County, I guess they he, call it. He was on my bag pretty much the whole, the whole week. Um, his, partner. He, yeah. He's a partner. What's that? He just always has partner. Yeah, he did. He, he did say partner. A lot. Get it right here, that. partner. You got, you got 142 that. partner. What a good, I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's so refreshing to play with, uh, and he's a good player too. I mean, a lot of these guys are, all they're good players. All the, all these caddies are close to scratch golfers. Uh, and that's, that's the truth. I mean, all of them can play. At least ours were. Yeah. Ours, these guys that we had, which, which makes it, it makes it a lot better because they can speak the language. They know how to talk to you. They know when you're hitting a shot that's, you know, you're maybe trying to do too much and, and they, and they've, they've been there forever. So these guys know what, what you just got to listen to them, but um, they were all, they were, in, they were all incredible. And then, yeah, then we had TK. Yeah. Tony, I don't even know TK's name. All I, I know I, is TK. Is, is Tony, but I don't know his last name. That's terrible that I don't know, but he was a great guy too. He was, he's a PGM guy. He was, uh, he was a, a club, pro, a club pro for quite some time. And then, um, and then got into the, into the caddy business. He was from, uh, I guess, Eastern Washington, um, played football in college as a running back and uh, I think uh, linebacker. Uh, so uh, we hit it off right away. Obviously I grew up in a, in a football football household and I played football in, in high school under my dad. So we had a lot to talk about and 
we kind of um we got along great but um i, I got along great with every all of these all of them i mean i'm yeah. not i'm not i'm not lying i mean we, we we swapped caddies quite a bit different groups and you know every one of them um had something to offer and they were all great again it certainly helps to have guys that are great caddies and i, I will recommend if you go out there on these golf trips get a caddy yeah do not try to play these golf courses without a caddy unless you've been there a couple dozen times. I can understand maybe where you may go out there for a couple rounds and you can do it yourself, but get a caddy. These guys know what they're doing and you can tell them up front like what you need and they're going to they're going to give it to you. If you're a good player, relatively good player and and you say, "Hey, you know, Jojo, you know, I just want just give me the number Give me the actual number. Give me the number that you think it's playing, and I'll figure it out from there. They 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 can do that. They have no yeah. problem doing that. That's easier for them. Yeah, I mean they and they no. caddy for so many people. They caddy for hundreds of people a year, and so they're good at adapting to what Jay needs versus what I needs. And mm-hmm. obviously, maybe the not the first round or two, but you know, by the end of the week, they knew all of our games. They knew our yardages of the clubs. They knew what shots we liked and what we didn't like. You know, especially around the greens. They, they just they're really good at adapting quickly to different people in different games. And they'll also just you tell them, hey, I like this about a caddy or like when a caddy does this, they'll they're going to do that. They're going to do it. And they all have their own little styles and they have their own unique personalities. And I just thought they were awesome. I think they were a big reason why we had so much fun on the trip. 100 um, percent. And I mean, I have fun with you guys, but the fact that those guys were there as well. I mean, it, and they know, again, like you said, they, they caddy, these guys were caddying. They probably do 600, 650, 700, some of them bags a year. So I say bags, meaning, you know, sometimes they'll go up for 18 holes and carry two bags, but they'll, they'll have 650, 700 bags a year. So they're caddying for how, you know, that's a, sometimes a different guy every five rounds. Um, yeah. So they know how to adapt and know how to, like you said, they know how to get along with different groups of people. So just trust them, you know, you know, that's again, the nice you, part about yeah. the dunes. They, they put the, they put the same caddies with you the whole time. Yeah. Right. So when you go out there and you ask for, for caddies, they assign the caddies to your group and you have those caddies the whole trip. Now you can request specific caddies before you go out there, which is what we did in a couple instances from just recommendations. You can also, if you don't like them, I, I don't know. I mean, again, we had a great experience, but there are times where you may not like a caddy. You can ask the caddy master, hey, this guy didn't get along with us. Can we have somebody else tomorrow? And they're going to do that. So if you get one that you don't like or you don't mesh with, sure. don't like the personality, you can get another one. They have 400 or something caddies there. Yeah. you know. But the ones that we had were just, were just awesome. And like Jay said, there's a couple tee boxes. And even coming from a guy that I had played half the golf courses, I kind of forget the actual yardage. Is that bunker reachable? Is that not reachable? If it's yeah. where's the bailout on this hole, I kind of forget where the for this whole location. Is it better to come in from the left or the right? Like, and so they they know that, right? They know what the runout are for these bunkers, and they know like, hey, you just got to hit this here. You got no chance. We've seen every every person under the sun here. I hit driver on this hole. You hear? Here's a hybrid, right? And they know what the wind does to the golf ball, yeah. which is hard. And, and and they even said themselves, it's still a little bit of a, of a guessing game. Yeah, but I'm going to take their guess over my guess because they do it every day. A hundred percent. I've relied heavily on on the caddies and, you know, coming from a guy who didn't like to give up that control. Like I was you know, played, you know, you know, again, played my entire career 
pretty much caddying for myself. And whenever I was in a bigger event, I had a caddy and still it was hard to let go of that control. So in me going out there and just saying, you know what, you know, Jojo, Tony, what do, what do I have? You tell me, I'll do it. And it's hard. It was hard for me to do it. But I, after the first round or two and watching them give me the yardage and seeing the majority of the shots, you know, you know, uh, end up the way that they, they, they said it would, no, I, it started to build some trust. Yeah. And, and these absolutely. guys, you know, and, and they're not perfect, you know, so now sometimes you'll hit a shot and you may hit it better than, <laughs> than you thought you could better than they thought you would. And you know, it, it, it doesn't end up in the spot that you think. Well, wow, Jay, you hit it so solid. The wind doesn't affect your golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> but there were, I mean, there, I mean, I, I honestly, there were times where they, they told me to hit clubs and I was like, there's no way that that's right. And I was like, all right, I'm going to trust you. And it was right on spot yeah. on. And I couldn't believe it. Or it, not only that, but different, different um, uh, start lines, like, Hey, aim it over here at this bunker. And I'm like, well, the holes over here to the right. And you want me to aim 50 yards left towards this bunker. You want me to hit it in this bunker. And they're like, no, 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 you can't get to the bunker. And I'm like, wow, it looks like it's like 200 yards away. Yeah. And they're like, no, trust me, you can't get to it. I'm like, okay. And I hit it and it was, and it ended up being perfect. So needless to say, I think, you know, having a caddy out there is an absolute must. I would a hundred percent recommend getting a caddy. And like Mike said, if you do get one of the one-offs that you don't get along with, they, they can, they can reassign a caddy for you. Yeah. But. And it is important to say it is a walking only facility. Yeah. You're walking. The only way you get a golf cart abandoned dunes is if you have a, a disability under the ADA. Mm-hmm. Americans with Disability Act, right? So that's the only way you're getting a car and you need proof of that. So you're walking when you go out there. You're either carrying your own, you're getting a caddy, or you can rent the trolleys that they call them, the little push carts yeah, with massive wheels and you can actually bring them right onto the green. Yeah. And But it is a walking facility. All, every golf course is walking. And some of the walks are hard. Some of them are pretty flat. A couple of courses, you know, they go up and down a little bit. It is firm ground and it's windy, but so you got to be prepared from a physical standpoint to do a lot of walking just to get that out there too. It's not like you're going to, no, I don't want a caddy. I'm just going to hop on a cart and do my own thing. You're not hopping in a cart, pal. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And you don't want to do it. Yeah. It, it takes away walk, from the experience. The walk. And, you know, that's, what's kind of cool. You know, the caddies at the end of the week, you know, they were, you know, they were super, super great, but they were like, Hey, I enjoyed the walk. You know, we, yeah. we were with them for six days and, you know, and, and they were exactly right. We, it was a walk. We were out there with them walking, talking, and just enjoying the scenery every day, enjoying the golf. I mean, and it's exactly what it was. We enjoyed the walk with those guys and just pure golf. Yeah. The way golf is meant to be, as is their uh, tagline. Yep. So, all right. Now let's actually get into the golf course. Let's get into the good stuff. So, again, Bannon Dunes, go back to that real fast. 1999, David McClay kid, great mix of inland ocean holes you know i think and this is a, a a comment on all these golf courses i think everyone's so jacked up because they're on the ocean and they want to play ocean holes but you're not going to get 18 holes on the ocean you can't do it right and so some of the golf courses are and pretty much all of them do a good job of kind of going back and forth yep right you're all you all start inland right every golf course is going to start inland by the clubhouse and it works their way in and that's part of the reason why jay had mentioned the first holes are usually those kind of handshake general because we got to the, the architects got to get you out there they got to yeah. get you out to the ocean you're not going to start on the ocean they got to get you out there in some form or fashion but then they kind of go they bounce you back and forth that you go out and you come back in and you go back out to the ocean and you come back inland 
And there's yeah. a good kind of back and forth on really on, on all of them that are on, on the ocean. Um, and so I think, I think that's, again, if my architecture nerd hat here, that's a hard thing to do to be successful. hundred percent. People are going to look at the inland holes and goes, Oh, these are boring. I don't see the ocean. Right. We have to have them again. You just can't have 18 holes on the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree hundred percent. I mean, you're right. And I think they did a, a remarkable job. Um, you know, even, even, I mean, if we're just talking about Bannon, which is yep. the, the first course, I mean, I, 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 I've got this course ranked pretty high in my opinion. Um, I thought a lot, there was so many good holes that were not on the ocean, but you can still see the ocean. You can still feel the ocean just, hear because, it. just because you're the, the edge of the fairway or the green is not touching the gorse bush or right on the ocean. Doesn't mean it's not, I mean, you're on, I mean, you can see it. I can see the Pacific on almost every hole out there. The end of the world is right end, there. End of the world, pretty much. I mean, it's the world is flat, right? Isn't it? I think so. Some people say end. it. Some That's people say end. it is. Kyrie Irving says it's flat. I think he said that this is the end right here. That's it. That was it. Water um, just pouring off the edge. But I, I you know, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think they did a, I don't know. I think the first one is, is ranked pretty high for me. Um, I just think they did such a great job with it. And there's so many remarkable holes, even that, even the holes that are not on the ocean are really cool. Um, really cool. And they're just well done. Like you said, using the ground, um, which we don't get a whole lot of really anywhere in the, in the U S I mean, there's, there's probably a handful of courses that are built the way this course is built and allows you and firm enough that allows you to use the ground the way that you can use it out there. Um, which I think, yeah, and part of that's the climate, part of that's the soil that it's just on, exactly. right? You can't, you, you, people can try to sand cap a golf course, and, and that's basically just putting a ton of sand on a golf course if you don't know what that means, right? Yeah. But it's not the same. You have to have the soil there to do it and the climate to grow the grasses to do it. And exactly. they're fortunate to find a great, unbelievable piece of property to do it. So people can try to imitate it or mimic, mimic Lynx golf, but it's not really Lynx golf. And that's the thing you're, you're hit. I think you, you really nailed it. It's like Lynx golf is, is a coastal golf course. Like you can try to make a Lynx golf inland, but if you, you've got to really, you either have to have an enormous budget to be able yeah. to pull that off. Um, or you really, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've you're got pretty much, to, yeah, you're right. You're pretty or, much right. Or, or you have to have some really unique setting uh, of situation and, and, and terrain where you can make it happen. I mean, there's a few places, you know, I guess you got some of the sand hills and in the middle of, in the middle of our country and like um, Nebraska, where they can kind of pull that off. It's really windy and it can stay dry. Mm-hmm. You can, you can get that link style feel and not be on the coast. But um, for the most part, you know, you, you have to be on the coast to have, you know, links links golf. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. Um, and anything else just falls short. I think I think Bandon is a the actual Bandon Dunes golf course is is very forgiving. It's very, you know, it's not. I would say none of these golf courses are hard if there's no wind. If you know how to play a decent amount of links golf, if if you get comfortable playing links golf and there's no wind, they're not overly hard. Now, depending upon the tee boxes you play. Now, we play the one up tee box all week. You know, we, we had a couple guys that, you know, eights handicap, you know, you know, double digits. A lot of us were, were low or scratch, but we didn't want to beat ourselves up. We kind of wanted to enjoy some golf and make some birdies. And again, the wind's going to, 
you almost don't have to look at the yards on the scorecard because it doesn't matter if it like like I, I gave the example in uh, our last show on Bain and Dunes course, 13th hole. I'm looking at it right here on the scorecard from the green tees that we played 537 yards. I hit driver nine, nine the first day, 14th hole going right back the complete opposite direction, 332. I should have hit a driver six iron. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the numbers on the scorecard say what the numbers on the scorecard say, but that doesn't mean it remotely plays any close to it. Yeah. And so, you know, they are somewhat forgiving, but the Bannon Dunes golf course, I thought squid put it a good way. And this is kind of how I, I played this golf course probably the most when I work there. It's like your high school sweetheart, your first girlfriend. Yeah. It's great memories. It's nothing bad happened. It's just a very welcoming golf course. Yeah. It's a great introduction to the Lynx golf, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I, I, I felt the same way. And then when the wind started blowing the first day that we played it, it was a beast. I said, this place is incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, the, we, the first day we played, we had 30 plus mile an hour winds and it was yeah sustained was, like all day, all day. And it was tough. I mean, you know, like we've talked about in other tournaments, you get, you give a, you give a PGA tour player a little bit of rough, firm greens and a lot of wind and the scores go up. Yeah. And, and the reason being is they can't get the ball close to the hole. So hard to control it. Yeah. You can't control your ball. Now, when the, if you have rough and there's no wind and the greens aren't that firm, no problem. Yeah. Yep. Like it's say playing a PGA championship where they try to grow the rough up and say they're in, you know, in the Northeast and the green, they have to keep the greens soft. Otherwise they'll die within 24 hours. The, the guys just eat it up. The rough doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't hurt them as much, mm -hmm. but you put firm greens and wind, and now they can't control the ball in the wind. It can't get it close to the hole. They're, they've got longer putts. They, they don't shoot as low. Uh, Especially even, even around the greens too. When you yeah. have these mown areas down around the greens and it's so firm and it's tight and you're like, yeah, there's there's legitimately probably four options you you can use. You can we can putt it. Maybe we can try to bump a hybrid or a three wood up. Yeah. You, do you try to take a lofted wedge and fly it up onto the green with some air, which depending on the wind, it's going to affect that. Do you try to hit a bump and run eight iron? There's so many options and yeah. it's so challenging. You got to be so precise around the greens with yeah. a certain shot you're hitting. You got to commit to it. I mean, I don't know how many times Squid told me, "All right, commit, commit," right? Like. Yeah. You better commit to the shot you're hitting. It may be the wrong shot, but you better freaking commit to it. Yeah, if you commit to it, then you can pull it off. You can pull off any of them. Um, you know, that's 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 you know that's professional golf or, or high level golf 101. Like you can have the wrong club in your hand, but just commit to it. See it if you see it and you commit to it, you can pull it off. I mean, yeah. Is it, is it the you know percentage wise? Is it the best shot? Maybe not, but if you commit to it, it is. You know, there's nothing worse than taking taking a club out of your bag that some would say is the right play, but you have no clue how to hit it. Then you've got no shot. You know, no shot. a couple of times I had a couple, you know, shots, maybe 20 yards off the green. And, you know, Jojo was like, Hey, you can do a couple things here. What do you think about putting it? And I'm like, I honestly have never had a 20 yard putt. And I mean, I can't remember the last time I putted from 20 yards off the green and I haven't practiced it. So I'm going to take the eight iron and just bump it into yeah, the, that was the same you know, boat as you. I just, I just hadn't, I couldn't get a feel for that. And I did try it a couple of times and it, and I failed miserably. So I was like, you know, I, I just, I can't, I don't know how to hit my putter that hard. Like I'm just, I just yeah. And it's it. like, the caddy's right. I should be putting this, but I don't have the feel. If I had, 
some practice with this shot yeah. and it's hard. You can't practice it. Like you can't practice before you go out there. Like, I don't care what people say. There's, you have to be there to hit these shots. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, I think this is, this calls for a putter, but I don't practice it. So I, I'm going to take a wedge or an eight iron or something and just try to get this thing going a little bit, hit a, hit some sort of a shot that I've, yeah. I've hit before. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. So let's go oh. down. So then, we got Pacific Dunes was the second course that was built, uh, designed by Tom Doak, who I'm sure a lot of you have heard of more, more so than David McClay kid. Doak is getting more and more popular here in the States, um, as an architect, uh, Pacific Dunes opened in 2002, definitely a more dramatic, I think golf course. Um, again, it goes, it goes in and out, um, relative to the ocean, just like band dunes does. They're going to, it brings you out to the ocean and you, and you come back in and you, you do bounce back and forth. It's a little more quirky. You know, like the back nine, for instance, has four par threes, 10 and 11 are back-to-back par threes. Number nine, for instance, has two greens. They choose to have an upper and a lower green that they alternate days. Back nine has three par fives and only two par fours. So it's just, it's just different, right? It's just quirky. Yeah. You know, there is, I'm not going to use elevation change, but there's a little more elevation change yeah. in the Bandon Dunes course, yeah. you know, um, there's just a few, just a little bit more dramatic. A couple of the ocean holes are a little bit more dramatic. Green sitting right on the edge, yeah. Where Bannon has a couple more like kind of infinity greens off the back of the green, yeah. Um, where where Pacific has greens running along the ocean, um, yeah. right on right on the cliff's edge. But again, it's a it's a cool course. That's the highest rating golf course. So if you do look at the rankings from Golf Digest or Golf Week or Golf Magazine, all these company, um, all these magazines, they always rank Pacific Dunes as the best one at the resort. Again, that, we're talking about that, five top 100 golf courses here, yeah, but that is great. what that, what the, that, the that nerds was my the, favorite golf course. That was your favorite. Yeah, that was number one. Um, okay. I I had that. I, I kept going back and forth. I mean, I did like the OG. I did like Bandon. I, I did think Bandon was easy. I. I it, we played Under it normal conditions. The second time we, we played it, we played it. The first time we played it, it was blowing thirty plus miles an hour, and um, I I feel like I played. I think I shot seventy three, and I which is like, like a sixty four people. I played. I feel like I played incredibly well. Um, and then the next time I played, I think I shot close to the same thing with no wind. <laughs> but I and I felt like I should have. I felt like I should have shot sixty five. Yeah. You know, because it, it just when with very little wind on on the banding course, I feel like you should light it up. Uh, Pacific Dunes definitely more challenging. It's more challenging, even if the wind's not blowing, it's still challenging. You've got the, the greens have a, a, some. There's some bigger greens, bigger slopes, and um, bunkering's a little more challenging. A little just a little bit more severe, right? The slopes little bit more are a little severe. more severe. Exactly right. Exactly right. But it's still, you know, you're still out there on the on the coast, and you still have some incredible views. But you still have an awesome golf course, tough golf course. Um, so I, I had them kind of ranked that way. I had I had Dunes number one and and uh, and I had Pacific Dunes number one and, and Bandon Dunes number two. Okay. Um, both both awesome golf courses. I'm gonna keep you in suspense with my list. Yeah. So then, Bandon Trails was the third course, and this is actually the course that was opened the summer that I was out there. So I was able to play this golf course before the any of the public did before opening day. They made us play with little green mats we had to carry around so we wouldn't make divots or anything out there. <laughs> but it was open 2005. Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw. You've obviously heard of, of Crenshaw, but him and Bill Core have put together quite a architectural firm designing a ton of golf courses in America in the last 
20 years and just getting bigger and bigger. And, and some would probably argue that those two are the, they're the best. If you want to, if you had all the money in the world to go build a golf course and hire architects, they're probably on the top one or two that you're calling right yeah. now of, of living architects. Right. So this is a, a different golf course. So it starts the first few holes are in the dunes, not on the ocean, but they're in the dunes. And then you work your way, you know, kind of five through 14 or in the trees, in the forest, you know, these gigantic pines mm-hmm. that, it, when, that you would think of when you think of Oregon trees. Right. And so it's, it gets, I think for the general public, it, it gets a bad rap because it's not on the ocean. People are going to Bain and Dunes to have these dramatic ocean holes and cliff views and you don't get that at Bandon Trails. However, a lot of people, architecture buffs, would say it's one of the best designed golf courses out there. Um, and some people don't, but uh, it, it is a very pleasant experience. It is warmer, like we kind of talked about earlier. There's less wind because you got way more tree protection as you're walking through the forest. They even have all these nice little trails from greens to tees, these mulch paths. Um and so it's it's a it's a fun golf course. Again, it is the one that's not on the ocean, so it is different. And I think that's why people just say, "Ah, oh, I don't want to play it," or yeah. "I'm going to go out there and skip that one," or or whatever. But it is a it's just a, a great golf course, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't I don't think you should skip it by any means. Um, no, there's not a single golf course at this place you need to skip. No, all, play you, need them all. Play, you need to play all five of these golf courses. Six, really, if you include the 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 par three, but. Um, I, I did. I did have. I played. We played that course try twice, and I have it ranked a little lower than than the others. I just. I don't. Know, I think it's maybe the second or third core Crenshaw course that I've played. Um. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't have a great vibe with it. Uh, again, maybe part of it is because, um, you know, you're you're playing in the. Uh, you're out playing on the ocean all the time. And then all of a sudden you come into the, in, in the trails and I just didn't feel like a letdown. And I wouldn't say that. I mean, I just didn't feel like the course offered any, and it didn't have the same pizzazz or the wow factor. Um, some of the holes were fell pretty flat for me. Like number three, the par five was a pretty generic, boring hole with all that terrain like why do you know it's a part five it's like there's nothing to it it's just flat straight away it's like man we we, we played all these in, in incredible ocean holes and then we play this this hole there's nothing to it and then you come back you wrap around after you play was it part three the next hole uh so you get par four over that big ridge and then the short oh yeah yeah exactly the, par four, the big three. ridge so and then you then you go to that hole and you're like where the hell do I hit it you're like and you got this huge enormous you know ridge in the middle of the fairway and it's a weird it's just a weird ridge it's running from as a right-handed golfer from left to right if you miss it just a little right which most players miss it right you're you're dead you can't see the you can't see the green and you're also in a bunker so and you get further in or if you hit over that ridge you get a lot shorter in you get a lot shorter of a you know i missed it right both times by the way but um i hit it over the ledge both times so it was great yeah so it was perfect you love that hole <laughs> um but i don't know I and mean, then we can go through i don't we don't need to go through every single hole but um i did like it it was it was neat to to have i did like it and um it's a little change of pace change of pace 
but I don't have it ranked as high as the uh, as as Ben and the Pacific Dunes. Um, there was just there's too many other incredible views that I, I I've seen that before. You know, I hate yeah. to say it, but yeah. I've seen in Cork Crenshaw. They're great. Obviously, they're incredible. They're they're, they're the, the like you said, they're the top guys in in the game right now. But I've seen that. I've seen the, I've seen playing in in a you know kind of that slopy mountainous kind of range with the pines. I've seen that, and there was nothing there that that told me this place is incredible uh, over the other four courses that were out there. Sure. I'll accept that. But I did. I didn't. I mean, I, like I said, I enjoyed, I would rank these five courses ahead of <laughs> almost any other course that I've played. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's, like we said, so, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's like trying to pick your favorite children. Yeah, Depends exactly. on the day. Depends on the day. Some of them, or one day the, the kid's great and then down to the bottom of the pile because he's, he's just being a dipshit. So yeah, exactly. You know, that happens. So then the fourth course that they opened uh, 2010 was it's called Old McDonald. It was again designed by Doak and his partner, who's now doing a lot more of the architectural design with him, was Jim Urbina, used to be a shaper with Doak. Uh, and so this, the reason it's called Old McDonald is because it's an ode to C.B. McDonald, the great famed architect who uses a lot of template holes so again if you're not an architectural nerd you look at a lot of the courses over in the uk and then there's a lot over here so seth rayner worked under cb mcdonald and mcdonald passed away seth rayner started doing a lot of golf courses here in the united states so template holes are the ones you're talking about the redan or the b ritz the alps the long the short there's a ton of different names and templates and that's kind of what they did. So CB McDonald's is an architect that Mike Kaiser loves. And there was an, another course called the Lido. I'm not going to get into that story that he was potentially thinking about redoing, which they're actually now redoing at Sand Valley. Anyways, this was kind of his, that what Doken Urbina did was go back to what a lot of the dramatic things that CB McDonald did with his golf courses back in the day. And so it is a big, big ballpark. Um, Big rolling fairways, huge, huge greens. I mean, massive greens. I think they're the biggest greens in like the United States. I forget the square footage. One of the caddies told me, but they are huge. Yeah. And the fairways are huge. It's just a big kind of, again, pretty dramatic um, piece of property. It's again, you really only got a couple shots on the ocean. You hit up to the seventh green, cool little par four. And it's an infinity green with the with the ocean behind you, and then you're teeing off from the ocean basically on the par three downhill uh, B Ritz hole on uh, number eight. With again, I'm going to say this when we were there, it is the greatest snack shack halfway house you're ever going to find in this world. It's on the cliff basically. There's a picnic table sitting there, there, and you can just sit there and just stare off in forever, just watching the waves come crashing down um, right behind the eighth tee box. There it is. Unbelievable, but really, that's the only the only ocean you, you see on that golf course. A lot of it is a little bit inland, but you do get a get kind of a glimpse of it there. But walking up to that green, and you can just hear the the ocean, and you can smell it and feel it. It's a pretty cool little little scene walking up to that seventh green. So again, number seven, pretty dramatic as you walk up to that cliff. What were, what were your thoughts on on Old McDonald? You know, I <laughs> I I. We only played it once. So unfortunately, I've got it 
uh, I've got it ranked lower only because we didn't, we only played it one time, but it was the first course that we played. So I feel like it should be ranked higher. Um, and I just can't remember it because we played, <laughs> we played so many holes eight, of golf after that. We played eight rounds after that. Um, but I, I do my, like I said, my first views of the golf course were number one, two, uh, one's a pretty simple par four and th- two is a pretty, uh, it, it's a good par three into the wind. Yep. And then number three is incredible. You hit over the ghost tree, which is the coolest logo. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but that's, yep. that's, that's my number one logo of, of, of all the, the five courses there, but you basically hit over this tree and you come up over the, over the mound and you look out and you see every single golf hole, which is incredible. I mean, it's the, the views are incredible and I would, I wish I, could have played the golf course one more time to just get a little bit better feel for it. Um, just to see, you know, you know what I really thought about it. I mean, I, they're all really, they're all so good, but and we played it in, in pretty windy conditions too. Yep. So it was pretty windy. Yeah. That was, our it first would have been nice to play a little bit calmer. And again, just like you said, just play it again to get a better feel for everything. We was sure. our first one. So we were all eyes wide and, you know, drooling and not really paying attention to what was going on or maybe some of the intricacies of the, of the course and the holes. And yeah. you notice, you notice some different things or different ways to play holes the second time you play it. So, yeah, I wish I did wish we played it again. Um, but we play a lot of freaking golf, so it's hard to, to, to play another, another round of golf. So yeah. um, it is cool. It, 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 it is as different as you'll see in the United States. Again, it is, like I've always said to people when they ask me about Bannon Dunes, what's it like? I'm like, if if someone just dropped you out of a plane there and you didn't tell you where you were, your first two guesses would be Scotland and Ireland. Yeah. You would not think that you were in the US. You're like, no, this is not in the United States. Not. And I think old McDonald is was was definitely that's just from the just the how vast it was and the views. And like like you said, when you when you walk over that crest and you hit over the the ghost tree, which is like you said, the, the coolest logo and um, one yeah. of the coolest like aiming points in the in the history of golf, pretty yeah. much. It was like if you want to try to drive the green, which you can because it was downwind. It was like you got to hit a little left of that tree. But if you're gonna kind of lay back and or you're a shorter hitter, you hit to the right of that tree. I mean, it was the coolest aiming yeah. post out there. But when yeah. you walk that crest, it's like you can see pretty much almost every hole. You can probably see 15 of the 18 holes yeah. from that point. And and Tony, I remember walking. I took a bunch of videos because I was just in that mode at that point, but. Yeah, uh, we get on top and I look out, I'm like, holy shit. And Tony's <laughs> Tony Schuster said, Welcome to heaven, boys. And I yes, mean Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you know, it's not such a cliche thing to say, but I honestly, line. it is a great caddy line. And I'm sure he says it to every single group that comes through there. But for me, it was <laughs> it was the right line at the right time because I was like, You are exactly right. I was like, I have the same video over that on that edge and you're on the, the audio you're on there saying holy shit <laughs> over and over and over and yeah. over <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that was a pretty pretty dramatic reveal yeah it was will. so it was then good first course to play it was it was awesome uh, a couple of bloodies to start the day and yeah and we were, we were on our way to an epic golf trip which so. i will say they do make their own bloodies homemade every day each each one That's of right. the the shacks there, I should, uh, or I don't know what the right word is, but they have like a, 
you know, like a small clubhouse. Yeah. A little small you know, little clubhouse, golf but, shop. But even, but all of the courses there, they all make the same recipe and it's, it's horseradish, Worcestershire. It's like, it's homemade, like bloody Mary mix. And it is phenomenal. It is definitely the way to go to start the day off. You have to yeah, get see, I'm not, I'm not a big horsey guy. So that was and kind it, of the, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> so then the last course, course, last 18 hole course just opened last year, 2020, another build core in Ben Crenshaw. It's called the sheep ranch. This was probably the most anticipated course opening in the United States recent history. So when I was out there, this is a small piece of property that actually Kaiser bought at a later date with his business partner from Recycled Greeting Cards. <laughs> um, Friedman was his, his last name. I forget his first name. I, I apologize. But when I was out there, it was like a mythical place that was not to be talked about. And so there's what they call five mile points, this little jetty that sticks out into the ocean. And when you would play Pacific, when I was out there, we'd play Pacific 13, which is on the northern side of the property of, of Pacific Dunes. You could look out and you could see this flag fluttering in the wind. And we we're like, well, there's a golf course over there. So we would ask our boss about it when we, when we came in. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no golf course back there. I'm like, what? We're like, there's a fucking golf course back there. Like, we know what flag sticks look like. And so we come to find out it was Kaiser's private property with him and his buddy, Phil. Phil Friedman. There we go. And... It was 13, Tom Doak actually des, quote unquote designed it. It was 13 greens and a handful of tee boxes and some quasi fairways. And you had to go into this little sports shop, golf shop in town, in, in the town of Bandon. And you had to know like, this is overplayed, but the secret handshake and, and the secret code word to say to get on this place. And it was like $100 per man and you could play all day they only let like two groups out there a day you could bring your own there was no clubhouse no whatever you could bring your own um food and beverage and someone would meet you they'd give you these sketchy directions and they'd meet you at this crickety gate and they'd let you in and you could just go play and, and what, what it was is you would just tee off wherever you wanted and you'd say let's go play to that flag and you could just make up your own game make up your own holes and people were talking all about it. Well, when I was there, they didn't want staff members to have any knowledge of it or anything to do with it. So it was kind of a secretive, you know, skull society kind of place. Well, you know, fast forward, you know, 12, 13 years and Kaiser and, and his partner were like, hey, if we're ever going to do something with this land, we need to do it now. They're both getting up there. They're both in their 70s. And so they had Doak back out there and Doak said, I can't get 18 holes on this site. It's just too small. So then they brought Core and Crenshaw out there and they're like, we can figure this out. It's very small acreage. It's, it's a little claustrophobic, but they did an amazing job of, of, again, weaving back and forth between inland holes, ocean holes. And there's nine green sites along the ocean. I love it. I, it it's think, unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think it's the most intimate golf course. And I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty high up on my list. I just love that. Uh, it gives me that old school feel of, you know, like the T you walk from T to green. Like it's like right there, right there. I love that. I like, I love 
like it's not so big and overwhelming. It's like it's a very intimate like golf course. Like you can see a lot of players out there. You can see, you know, the next tee box from the green. You're like, hey, we're teeing off right here. There's the next hole. It's a, it's just it's kind of it, it, it's just so like I said, intimate is the right word. Um, you're like, oh, I can play this golf course in three and a half hours and with my buddies and we can have a good time. And it's not like overly challenging in terms of the walk. It's a challenging golf course. Um, like you said, 10 holes on the water, but it's not overly challenging in terms of the walk. It's all pretty flat, but yeah. I loved how tight it was. I loved how close knit it was. I loved how intimate it was still challenging. Um, one of my, one of my, one of my favorites out there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's cool. Right. So one of the different things is like Jay said, it's challenging. One of the reasons it's so challenging is because it's the most exposed. It's the furthest out there. So the 16th green, which is now the one that sits in that five mile point, which is the flags like I was talking about before is the furthest Western green in the continental United States. <laughs> There's not another green in the continental United States that's further West. It is out there. And the whole property is very exposed. There's no trees. Even the sand dunes are smaller. The gorse bushes are smaller. And I don't know if we talked about gorse bushes, but the guy who started Bandon, Oregon, came from Bandon, Ireland and brought over this bush called the gorse bush. And he's a fucking asshole because this stuff <laughs> is so prickly. You don't go in it. it like it is a no fly zone. They basically play it all as a lateral hazard out there. Yeah. The, the thorns get in you and they get oily. And so you can't get them out and it hurts like hell. And I've actually hit a golf ball out of it before when I worked there. It's so dense. It can just catch it in midair and it's awful, but there's not much of it on the sheep ranch property. And so they don't have, because it's so windswept, they don't have any sand bunkers. And it was kind of an out of the box idea that Core and Crenshaw came up with was like, man, the, just the pure maintenance on these bunkers is going to be a mess trying to keep sand in these things and then having to refill them. And that's, that, that's really just an issue on all bunkers on every golf course there. And, and you can walk by some of them and you can see the yeah. buildup and almost like you're looking at the bare soil because there's no liners and they're just using the native sand from the dunes. Really? Yeah. They're not buying high, high end exclusive manufactured sand like a lot of courses are. Yeah. And so, but Sheep Ranch in particular has no sand bunkers. They're all grass bunkers. And you don't you don't really notice it when you're no. out there because they still have shaped areas that look like bunkers and you're yeah, like, oh, but it's just grass. They've got yeah, they've got some they've got some waste bunkers out there though. Like uh, they're not sand bunkers, but they're waste areas. Correct. Yep. So, you know, they're it's not you don't you don't walk out there and say, Oh, it's all grass. There's no bunkers anywhere. You do see sand, but it's just more of a waste area, um, not like your you know typical maintained uh, you know sand bunker, greenside bunker, or, or fairway bunker, edged bunker. Um, so, so I don't know. I thought is is as little as I liked the uh, trails uh, with with Crenshaw, Core Crenshaw. I absolutely loved Sheep Ranch. Uh, they did an incredible job, and I know they they kind of made do with what they had there because it was thirteen holes already, roughly right, thirteen yep. greens. So they did an incredible yeah. job of working these some of these holes. They reshaped some holes, put some real short par threes back into the wind, into the you know facing the coast where there really wasn't a hole there, and they're incredible holes. I mean, you're hitting sand wedge on what is it number three. 
Yep. Um, you're hitting a sand wedge, but I don't think anyone hit it inside of 20 feet. <laughs> the two- no, the way that green was contoured yeah. and the wind, it was so hard to get it close. It's just, I mean, that's, that's, that's great design in my opinion, like knowing, knowing the terrain, knowing the conditions or the overall conditions of the golf course and, and, and making it challenging. Um, and you, it, that's, that's a, it's, I mean, none of these, there's not one single golf course there that's over 7,000 yards, not mm-hmm. one. Um, well, and, so the Bannon Dunes golf course, they can, they have like can, a, they're not even can make the, it. Yeah, yeah. They can make it like 7,200 because that's where they had the USAM. Yeah, there's some super back tees that they put in at a later date that can they can get it up there, but all the other ones are others under seven thousand. You're right. You don't need to. You don't need to to make it challenging yeah. with winds up to you know 15, 20, 20, 25 mile an hour winds. You don't need to. You don't need to have a seventy four hundred uh, golf uh, yard golf course. You don't need it. Um, so I don't know. I thought that this course like i said the word that i kept using was intimate and i i just it was just felt so like i I grew up on a nine hole golf course and it was tight you know it was it was out of bounds on six of the the nine holes and it was you know it was a parkland style golf course it was built on this you know you know big rectangle um and it was like tee to green. You get off the tee box and you go right to the next tee. And I, I was just comfortable with that. And I think there's a lot of courses over in, in, in Scotland and Ireland that are they're built like that. And yeah, small small plots of land. Small plots of land, and they just make the best of of what they have, and 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 they can still make it challenging. And I think you you don't have to make a golf course seventy four, five, six, seven hundred yards to make it challenging. It's not always length. I mean, you've got. You, there's a lot of a lot of other obstacles that you can you you can make it challenging and, and they did a good job with this this golf course i, I really yeah. liked it it was a lot of fun yeah and that's kind of a bigger issue that we've talked about a lot with with tom and mclean on this podcast is you know the whole distance debate with bryson and all this kind of stuff is this is a perfect example of like you said making golf challenging without making golf long and just okay let's just make it hard because it's a it's a 650 yard par five and it's a 250 yard par three. Yeah. Um, if you have, again, now Bannon dunes is a, in a minority, again, it has the perfect weather and it has the perfect conditions to, yeah. to do that. You can't, you can't do that in parts of a lot of the country to, to make this style golf course, to make it hard at, at 6,800 yards. But um, yeah, sheep ranch was, was cool. Like we talked about that um, reveal walking up the third, onto the third fairway at old McDonald. This has the rear reveal on the first fairway, right? Yeah. What a great, this is probably the best first hole out there. This was the, yeah. I agree with you. It's the best opening hole, um, par five. That's, that's reachable down the hill. And like, you, I'm not going to say you come out of a shoot off the tee with trees, but there are some trees and you hit out there and then you kind of crest the hill as you walk down to your, as you hit your second shot and it just kind of reveals the entire golf course, the ocean first greens sitting up against the ocean, you know, it's got another kind of ghost tree behind that first green. And it's uh, it's another one of the, the better reveals on the whole resort is that that first hole it's, is you're right. It's by far the best opening hole out there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so there's, other golf to play. So we went through five golf courses. Again, the five 18-hole golf courses. I'm not going to say regulation because there's another regulation golf course out there. Oh, is there? There is. There's is also... Official? Is it official? It's like it's, a... It's a real fucking real? golf course. Oh, 
Is that is that because you may maybe made a hole in one on that? Uh, you know, all I'm gonna say is a, a good buddy of yours and a Powhatan native, Luke Myers, at the golf course yesterday, and I walked out of the golf course, out of the golf shop, excuse me, and he goes, "Hey, Ace," and I'm like, "Damn, I like," <laughs> I'm like, "Damn, I like you, Luke." <laughs> so we talked about it. You are Ace from here on out. <laughs> That's right. We talked about it not yesterday. We talked about it a couple of days ago. Again, I had a hole in one. But they did design, uh, Corin Crenshaw designed in 2012, a 13-hole par-3 course that they have that you can play. And again, it is a must-play. We talked about it. It gets windy. It's challenging. It's exposed. They The holes probably range from 80 yards to 150, depending upon the tee and the uh, hole location that they use. Some of the greens are pretty big out there, and so it can drastically change the yards that it plays on a given day. But it's incredible. It is so fun. It was awesome. We we played out there the first time we played uh, in a two-man scramble, and then Mike Chupka joined us the second time on our last day, and we played in uh, three three-man scramble teams and just had a boatload of fun and drinks. And you take a couple, you know, you take your woods and, and long, well, not really long irons because I think I hit a four iron one day. But you take yeah. your take your woods out of the bag. You would think, okay, the longest hole is 150 yards. I don't need anything, any long irons, but it's into the wind, so you need a long iron. Yeah. And you carry, and you just have a ball with your buddies, and you get a little cash game, and you gamble. And it's it's an easier walk. Obviously, it's only par threes, and it's only 13 holes, so it is a good reprieve for the feet and the legs. And I had a blast playing. It's such a fun time. It is amazing. I um, wish we would have played that. Honestly, you know, and we and I don't know if we're going to get to this or not, Mikey. But you know, we played. We had six days of golf, right? Yep. Um, three days we played thirty-six holes, or four days. Uh, three days. Three, three days. Um, I would suggest, you know, if you can, if you can make it work, maybe five days uh, of playing golf and then one 36 whole day. And then the other two days or three days, maybe do the preserve. And then uh, we're going to get to the next, the next course there, but the, the preserve is just such a great afternoon round. Like after, if you get on the morning and you're playing, it's competitive guys are having some drinks and eat lunch and they're a little tired. You know, you can go to the preserve. It's, it's not, it's not a difficult walk. It's not demanding. It's not demanding. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a up and down, but you can handle it, and it's it still is fun. Everyone can can play, and you, it, it's just it's in unbelievable shape, and the views are incredible. Um, I would I would have loved to. I think the next time we go back, if we do, it would I would since we've already played all the courses once, I would try to play every course again at least once, maybe one day of thirty six, maybe two. If we did four days, I would do two days of thirty six, and then have two days where we go play uh, the, the preserve in the afternoon. Yeah. And that would be incredible. It's an awesome piece of little property. Um, it's just, eh, God, it's just so fun. That's all I can say is it's just so fun. You hit so many different shots. A lot of people recommend if you read any articles or listen to videos or podcasts or just be a golf nerd like I am. And a lot of people recommend, like if you get there at a decent hour, you know, and comes from the East Coast, you're, you're saving three hours to actually play the preserve first. Uh, because, yeah. Because it's a good little, like when you get there, you're excited, you want to play, 
you have a couple hours. It doesn't take that long to play, especially if you're just like a foursome, a foursome. or if you yeah, did split up into two foursomes. But we played all together because we just wanted to hang out together. You can play it fast, but people say it's a great opening invitation. You know, welcome to Bannon because you do get to hit a bunch of approach shots and figure out the wind and yeah, and hit agreed. some short games. It's kind of an intro to to links golf a little bit. Like, hey, you're going to hit a lot of these shots when you play the other golf courses. So yeah. here's a good little little preview with you know where it's not you know so stress induced where yeah. you, you get the pacific ocean sitting there on the 11th at, at pacific dunes and you're like oh crap i got yeah. 100, 130 <laughs> yards but i gotta hit a five iron like how do i do this and there's yeah. no forgiveness so it's it's a good little I, I do get that when people say that it's a good little intro to the resort and and how to play in those conditions so it was yeah. it's so fun and if you make a hole in one it fucking counts <laughs> It hundred percent counts, dude. I love it. So I've, I've convinced I still you. Have, I still have a huge knot on my <laughs> my ring finger on my right my right hand. Um, so it may not ever go away. So I'll forever remember your hole in one because I'm yeah. gonna have a knot on my finger. So I, and then we talked about it on the last podcast. I was really the only one watching. Everyone else was going to get drinks, and I was I was scouting. Cause I was the last one to hit. You I were scouting. You wanted to see every ball. I want to see every ball. I want to see where I needed to land it. And Mikey was hitting and he hit it. And he just hit a perfect shot. Little wedge, 81 yards into a 20 mile, 20 mile an hour wind landed at about a, yeah, I'd say 87, 88 yards long, right of the pin. And it hit and just, and just hit and just had a the ever so slight trickle. It almost like, like a putt. Just just, just trickled and it just I mean I <laughs> I was like a fan I was like a, a kid watching watching this and it just trickled right in and I just I went berserk and jumped up and down and Mike Mikey was like did did it go in I'm like I wouldn't I wouldn't yell like this if you hit the five <laughs> feet and we we obviously started running at each other we're gonna I don't I don't know what we were gonna do we had no I idea like, what we were gonna do when, when someone makes a hole in one you never you, you don't plan this so you you just take off at each other and you're running and I'm like, are we going to chest bump? Am I going to pick him up? Am I going <laughs> to, I mean, am I going to, are we going to jump up and high five? And it was like kind of, everything was in the middle. Yeah. So he jumped. Awkward I didn't guy. jump. Yeah. I was like, and then he had his club in his left hand and I, we both swung our arms and his club went <laughs> right into my right hand and just smashed it. And <laughs> I got done of the adrenaline was good. So I didn't, didn't bother me until the next hole. I was like, gosh, my, my ring finger on my right hand is just killing me. I had this huge black and blue knot on my right finger. And I, I, was like, I apologize. But again, I had my first hole in one ever. And I had no idea how to react. I just went, I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I would, I would have, I, you know, I've seen, like I told you last week, I've seen probably 20 hole in ones in competition. Which is insane. And, That's not, and I still react the same way. I get super excited anytime somebody makes one. Why is it so much more exciting than like a shot hold from the fairway? Because it's essentially the same thing. It is essentially the same thing, and sometimes even even further out. I've held yeah. out. I've held out from the fairway probably I don't know a couple dozen times, but I've only made one hole in one. Yeah, it's just a, I don't know. Just... Anyways, Bannon Preserve is fucking awesome. It, it is awesome. Holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, it's also. A very cool logo and it's good number 13 which is also my lucky number, number so so anyways I, I it's the abandoned preserve is is a must do not skip it because you say oh it's just a boring part three course it is not boring not boring it's total fun and you do not skip it 
And then the last kind of golf option you have at there, because if you don't have enough with five traditional golf courses and an amazing par three course, they have the Punch Bowl putting course, which is located at the Bainan, or excuse me, the Pacific Dunes uh, course in Clubhouse. Uh, 2014, Tom Doak and Jim Rabina designed it. I, I want to say it's 100,000 square feet, if that's right. Um, that sounds about right. I, I, I might be making that up, but I'm going to look it up right here. I have the Bannon Dunes website. Yeah, 100,000 square foot putting green. And so I'm reading, Jay, I have for my notes here, I have this uh, the the packet I made, the Bible for the BroFest that I made for our yeah. trip. Got that here with me right here. And I have all the notes. And on it, this is a good one for me, has more curves than Kim Kardashian. And that is, there's no no uh, fallacy with that. It's got lovely lady lumps all over it. This, yeah, so this it putting is. course has, it's actually, they said that they have 36 holes. There's a red course and a white course, and they change it every day. So you could go there every day of your trip and play a different, have a different putt on every hole. And you can play 36 holes if you want. And so we went there every night, no- or not every night, we went there twice. I would go there every night. We had a absolute blast. absolute blast. Just like the preserve. It was so fun. We all, all eight of us played together. We had our teams and it is some of the hardest putts you'll ever hit in your life. You'll never hit some of these putts ever again. It has a little bar there. They have a waitress that walks around and takes your drinks and has this little cool carrier and brings all your eight transfusions over like we did multiple times. And it's just, it's just so fun. And it's like going, it's like playing putt putt with your buddies, but it's, it's a real golf course, like a real putting green. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, and you can hit a 12 foot putt and be excited with a three putt. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is some, the, the slopes are insane out there. It's crazy. I have, I have a video of you hitting one putt when someone was asking me about it the other day. I showed them and the putt that you hit probably had, 40 feet of break yeah <laughs> that's insane and it was from from point a to point b from where you were teeing off to the hole was probably 15 feet but you had to play almost backwards to get it to get it to, to the hole yeah that's in that, that that's fun though like the creativity and that's what's great about the the actually the whole the whole plot of land there with all five courses and the preserve and the uh, punch bowl the creativity is there, which is which makes it fun. There's just so many different ways to play it. Like if you're a player of, of a you know high skill level and you've got great hands and you can you know hit your 60 off of tight, firm lies, great, go for it. If you're not a great player and you're a 10 handicap and you're like, hey, I just want to hit my eight iron, um, that's great. Go for it. You you can play so many different shots and same thing with the punch bowl. Like you, there's so many options for each putt. It's, it makes it, it's, that's what makes it fun. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, uh, rave reviews, obviously we're, we're, we're really laying it on thick here. Yeah. We're laying um, on very thick, this, yeah. but that's what we already told you we were going to do. So I don't, yeah. I don't apologize. Yeah. Once, once you go, you'll understand it's yeah, uh, but yeah, the punch bowl was cool. Like, you know, we had kind of talked about like, I would be fine with a trip, a five five days of golf where I played every golf course once. Yep. Then I would go have lunch, go play the preserve. Then I would have dinner and then go out late night at sunset and go in the punch bowl. If I did that for five straight days, sorry for the how vulgar this will be, I would walk around with a massive erection and I would not <laughs> apologize for it. I, I mean... 
I, I I was I was talking about this with some of the other guys and and some friends of mine who who would like to go. And I, I honestly think that the the trip that we did, we were there for it was an eight day trip, six days of golf. Um, and we played a lot of golf. And at the beginning, I was a little nervous about being able to to stomach it because I haven't I haven't walked that much golf in a, in four or yeah. five years. So, but I will say at the end of the week, I felt great. Um, uh, my body adjusted quickly. I mean, it, the first two days I was a little sore, but um, I, I was excited. I was like, after you know, towards the end of the week, we played. You know, the morning round. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's we're going to the next round. Like it's I was exactly. pumped it's up just, about it. You just keep it's, going. It's like the adrenaline. Just, You're like, okay, let's go yeah. play more golf and more let's golf. Play more, more golf. golf. It was it was fun. But um, after playing every course at least once, for the most part, I think if I went back, you're, you're exactly right, Mike. I would. I think maybe four days of golf and maybe one, two days of 36 holes, one day of the preserve or two days of the preserve. And then the punch bowl, um, I think that would, that would suffice. And you would get all you needed there and you could see every course, you could see the punch bowl, you could see the preserve a couple of times and you would get all of, all you needed. Um, while you're full experience. Yeah. The full experience. Um, you don't necessarily have to go for six, seven days, but, um, maybe no. that's the plan when we go back. Um, I, I might not come back if I ever go back. So yeah, if you go so, back one more time, that's it. You're done. Who knows how the next time I go back, I could be in ashes. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah. We, you did say that you wanted us to spread your ashes. Over yep. there. So my, my family and then the seven of you knuckleheads need to go out there and spread my ashes. Well, hopefully we'll go back again before we have to spread your ashes. <laughs> This is getting really, they got really dark right there really fast. <laughs> so, I mean, again, I know we're just essentially giving Band and Dunes just a massive blowjob on this podcast, but yeah. um, that's that's how cool of a place it is and how special of a place it is. And like you said the other night was you had massive expectations and it it blew you out of, out of the water and um, we couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better trip. And so... Um, you know, and the, and the cool thing is, you know, there's more news coming out about Bannon. So they're they're constantly building and getting bigger and bigger, and the demand is so strong. So Mike Kaiser owns land it's like about 15 minutes south of the resort, still in the town of Bandon. And uh, okay. he's building, David McClay Kid's going to build another golf course on there, 18 holes, called New River Dunes. That okay. just got announced um, a that few weeks land ago. Looks, according to the caddies, that land is incredible. The land looks incredible. And they they bought some more land and they bought like an old hotel or something. And they're going to convert that. So they're going to put lodging down there and they're going to put more lodging on the resort. They're going to build a new clubhouse for old McDonald with more lodging over there in a, a restaurant. They're going to then put another kind of punch bowl putting course as well there. And, and we didn't even talk about the, the practice facility, which is massive and huge and awesome. But you don't even go to the practice. We went the first day because everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're all geeked up and we just flew all day the, the previous day. So we're going to go hit a few balls and they have a massive putting green and a, um, a driving range, huge driving range. They even have some target greens on the other side that you can play that opens up as a little tiny pitch and putt later in the day. It's called shorties par three course that has nine holes. So we didn't even talk about that or do that, but it's just like, again, it's golf, 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 and then more yeah. golf. That's and awesome. there's no stop 
no stopping in sight for these yeah. for these guys. They're going to keep going and going and going. And I know, you know, Mr. Kaiser is getting up there in age, and there's some talk about his health's not great, and so he wants to try to push it while he can and while he can enjoy it. And it's uh, it's just a it's just a magical special place, and it's uh, it's awesome. I I told Lindy actually tonight if we ever get a dog, we're naming him Bandon. I don't care. This is a great name. It's already decided. So uh, Matt Janella, hell, Matt Janella, uh, if you know Matt Janella from, from Golf Channel fame, who's now kind of started his own golf media company, he named his son Bandon. He loves it so much. Did he really? Yeah, he's been at Bandon Dunes, like, I want to say, like 30 times. Oh, has he really? He, he, like, absolutely loves that place so much that he named his kid Bandon. And his wife, I don't know what she's thinking, but <laughs> she must be a golfer. Or she likes the paychecks that Matt Janelle is bringing in. So she's, I think a- that's more of it. She's a smoke show. If you look her up on Instagram, she's fantastic. Um, never seen her swing a golf club, which is good follow on Instagram. Um, so, you know, so that's kind of our breakdown of the resort, the courses. So, real fast, we want to talk about logos and, and golf shops. There's a, there's a golf shop, they get this down to a T. There's a golf shop at every club. They all have their own logo. Yeah. There's a logo for the five regulation courses. There's a logo for the preserved par three course. There's a logo for the putting course, the punch bowl. I have multiple of every logo in my house right now. I'm trying to hide them from my wife so she doesn't see them all. And I'm just trying to just kind of drip them out where she's just slowly like, oh, well, this was new. No, no, no. You saw this weeks ago. But um, favorite logo. Um, my favorite logo is the, I, I, I think this isn't even the real logo, but the ghost tree is super cool. It is super for, cool for sheep brand or for old Mac. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, super cool. I mean, that was, that was probably my favorite logo. Just, it just, just the, so unique. The, the, yeah. So unique. The singularity of the whole, you know, the logo it's just like it's just there you know it's like there's nothing you don't have to figure it out you're like oh that's a tree and it's just there by itself and it's super cool i mean all of them are great the second would be the preserve the par three course that was a super cool logo um and i would rank them down a sheep ranch was i, I actually like sheep ranch the, the very logo. simple with the staff and the SR. The shepherd, yeah, the shepherd's hook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love that. And then um the band and trails logo with the with the butterfly is pretty sweet. And then um the Pacific Dunes and Band and I would rank at the at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So well my bottom is actually probably the the traditional old McDonald's logo. Oh, with the OM. The OM with the cross yeah. clubs. That's like my least favorite, but the ghost tree. Like you said, the secondary logo for Old McDonald is the best. Yeah. Um, I like Preserve second, partly because, like I said, number thirteen is my favorite. I'm I'm partial. I'm partial to the puffin, the original like the traditional Bandon Dunes logo. That puffin yeah. just 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 speaks to me. Yeah, maybe because when I was like twelve years old in school, I did like a book report on puffins. So mm-hmm. that's weird. Well, it's a very special place in my heart, Jay. Um, <laughs> Um, I probably got a D on the project. I don't know. Yeah, but, but you love puffins. I fucking love puffins. I've never seen one in my life, but I love them. Neither have I. Allegedly, I there are puffins like for like three months of the year in the town of Bandon. 
So there's like a ton of sea stacks and it's, we should have gone down there. It's really pretty down by the, the ocean and the water. There's face rock down um, in the old town abandoned, but yeah, allegedly you can see puffins there for a few months of the year. Uh, they're a migratory bird. Jay, I don't know if you knew that. Um, I did not know that. Now I do. Now you do. I can learn the shit. <laughs> and so, but yeah, the sheep ranch is, is very simple. Like, like one of the cats, I think Squid said, he goes, his daughter could have designed that. It's just an SR with a shepherd's hook, but it's just clean and neat. And um, yeah, that's good. But again, there's plenty of options. Whatever you want with logos on it, you can get it at Bandon Dunes. Um, you name it, they they have it with the logo at one of the five. Actually, call it six. There's a gift shop in the lodge. Six places that you can uh, to shop at there. So. And suckers like me buy a ton of stuff. Yeah. You so me both. That's right. Um all right. So now some more before we're gonna we're gonna tease this even longer. Our our ranking of our courses. Some quick tips if you're traveling there. And this is the biggest tip that I'll give anyone going there. And I think it was a huge saver, and the caddy said it. If you're playing 36 holes, the second round you change your socks and your shoes and you let your feet air dry for 10 minutes. It's a huge, huge difference. You know, like Lieutenant Dan said in Forrest Gump, got to have a good fresh pair of socks. Yes. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. You know, that's really my biggest tip. Other than that, fucking have fun. Try to take care of your body. Like we packed, you know, we had, I think we had four Theraguns of the like in our house. And there was like a constant buzz going on if we were in the house of someone, um, using a Theragun on their muscles, but I will say it, it helped me a lot. I was, like you said, I was a little nervous. I'm like, man, am I going to make this many holes of golf and this many rounds all walking? Um, but I really didn't feel as bad as I thought. You I, know, felt, I felt better towards the end of the week after my body kind of got adjusted, but I, I would say sunscreen um, yeah. because you chapstick chapstick for your lips. It's more, it's more of the wind, the wind burn. Um, you're going to get, your lips are going to get wind, wind burnt, I guess is the, is the proper way to say it, but, uh, still use sunscreen. I mean, it's only, it feels cold, but it's the sun's still out 65 degrees in the, in the summer. If you go in the summer, you need to put sunscreen on. So sunscreen chapstick, change your shoes, change your socks. I, you know, and and Mike, I kind of, I kind of said the same thing to him. I was like, why do I need to change my shoes and my socks? Um, it's not wet. It was dry. Um, and I probably could have been, I did a couple of days wear the same socks and same shoes and it was okay. But, um, I think it's probably good to give your feet like change of pace. Um, and your feet sweat a little bit, even though you're not, you don't notice it. So changing the socks and, and like you said, giving, giving them 10 minutes of, of being out of the shoe or in a different shoe, Kind of helps your foot get ready. I mean, yeah, these, I was I was walking around the old McDonald golf shop after that first round we played. We were waiting for the other group to finish, and I was walking around shopping, and I was barefoot. I had my yeah. shoes off and my socks off, yeah, uh, just to let them air dry. But I will say, it, I never had really any foot pain or blisters or even the hint of one. Um, I didn't. Either. And again, listen to the caddies. I mean, they they walk Ooh. on their feet for a living. They know all about shoes and socks, and it was it was remarkable what the things they were telling us about shoes and socks and and talking about shoes I've never even heard of before and how good they are. Yeah, um, I was like, "Well, you wear those? You actually wear those on the golf course?" And I'm like, "Yeah, they're comfortable and they're waterproof." And I'm like, oh. "Yeah." 
And another tip, you don't even really need golf shoes out there. Yeah. I mean, you can get away with the ground. You unless, can really get away with. Unless you're playing a morning round on the, one of the coastal courses, which is all of them other than abandoned uh, trails. If you're playing a morning round, you probably need something that has spikes because you have a little bit of a marine layer do yeah. layer that, that will come over. But if you're playing in the middle of the day, the afternoon, you don't need you don't need spikes. Nope. You can just it's, get away it's with a comfortable you, pair of walking shoes or sneakers or hundred percent enough traction on that to, to to keep you unless you have the world's craziest footwork in your golf swing. Um you fine. should be fine. Just it's more about comfort than it is stability. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Anything else before we get to our rankings here? No, man. I think uh, it was what a great, what a great trip. That's all I got to say. I know it was. I, I, so we booked it again in October of last year. And I thought about it the trip, I don't know, 25 times a day until we got there. And I've thought about it 25 times a day since we've left there. Yeah. I I'm constantly gazing at the photos and videos on my phone. Um, I'm quite obsessed and it's an issue, but I'll deal with it. You yeah. know, I asked my wife, I got a lot of issues, so yeah, we all do. <laughs> all good. Um, it is, it, it is remarkable. And I hope we haven't like oversold this place or someone listens to this podcast and books a trip and like, what the fuck were they talking about? This place sucks. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to be the case. Unless you're a terrible person. I don't think it's possible. I mean, I, I mean, you said it earlier, I, you guys hyped the shit out of this place. And I was like, there's no way that this, I've played so many good golf courses. I mean, I've played 20 golf courses ranked in the top 100 and I'm like, I've played all the great golf courses. And then we get out there and I'm like, there's no way that these guys are right. And you were not only right, but you were, guys were you undersold it yeah I mean, it's it was, remarkable like it was it was the most incredible experience golfing experience that i've ever had and i mean that's again that's playing my whole life college golf 15 years of professional golf um it was incredible so and just from a from a service standpoint too they were great everyone like obviously we spent more time and we dealt more with caddies than we did anyone else and obviously yeah. we had the servers at the restaurants and, and for lunch and dinner a couple nights and that kind of stuff. But everyone was great. They're all happy. They all seem like they're all on the same page going in the same direction. Yeah. And, um, you know, they just do it right. And it's just, it's yeah. like you said, like you said at the very beginning, it's not overblown or in your face and it's, um, they let you be while you're out there, but know when to serve you. And it's just, I don't know. They just, they just do it do it right. And if you're there for golf and that's why you should be going out there is for golf. And if you consider yourself a true golf aficionado and an avid golfer, this has to be on your bucket list. You have to make a trip there one time. Simple as that. Yep. You don't have to go every year like Machinella does or three times a year, whatever. You don't have to name your kid after the resort, <laughs> but you need to go check it out. But you need to go play. It is, it is a must. And like I said, I think Mike Kaiser has built a Mecca. You know, I made a joke in our, in my opening letter in our packet here, you know, that it, I'm not a religious man, but this was a religious experience for me. This is as close as it gets yeah. to a religious experience for me. And it was just um, a, a spiritual pilgrimage as I wrote in the letter. And it's, yeah. it is, it is awesome. 
Um, all right. So without further ado, I want I want you to give me your top five in order. Top four. Top five in order. Um, number one, Pacific Dunes. I that it was just the it was the perfect blend of uh, ocean holes, uh, inland holes, difficult holes. Um, uh, you know, they just, they just, they covered it all with this, with this golf course, in my opinion, I, yep, I yep. just, and again, we didn't play the back tees and I can't imagine how much more difficult it would be from three or 400 yards further back. But, um, I, I just, this course was awesome. I just thought it was incredible. Um, number two favorite, favorite hole out there. Favorite hole. Gosh. I mean, there's a, it was a bunch of them. Um, I loved, um, gosh, I'm looking at all these holes now that I'm, I'm trying to remember all of them. Uh, 10 was a super cool hole, the par three. Yep. Looking back down into the ocean and then another back to, you know, back to back par threes. Number 11 was, was super cool. Um, I liked the whole back nine, honestly. I thought that, I thought it was, was awesome. Um, 16 drivable par four. 17 a really cool par three and it wasn't on the ocean but you could you're kind of elevated looking back out and then 18 was a, a really tough par five um i don't yeah i mean they they were great i mean 10 10 was pretty memorable looking looking down um back at that ocean and 10 and 11 were really really cool i'm always um, like 13 on that hole 13 on that course excuse me along 13. the ocean up the yeah. hill 13 was awesome. I mean, the whole back nine was just beautiful. I mean, you have four or five holes on the ocean there. Pretty close to it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, it just, and like I said, it was just a, a good challenge. It was good. It was a good, difficult golf course. Um, and, and still, you still have the views um, that you want when you go to Bandon. So I don't know. That was, that was at the top for me. Um, Bandon Dunes, the, the OG number two on the list. I thought this course played pretty easy with no wind, but again, um, it was the original. And I think, it, I think it had we played the back tees, it would have been extremely difficult with the wind. And we played one day with 30 mile an hour winds and it played extremely difficult. I don't know if anybody broke 80 that day other than, you. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I played my, absolute tail off and I, I felt like i shot 65 and i shot 73 <laughs> so that i mean if that doesn't tell you you know how good of a golf course this could be you know i know with no win a lot of these golf courses are easy um because they're they're built around the wind so it's hard to rank them without the wind but um yeah i hear you I, you know i've i've, I've got to put that up towards the top um my next favorite again i've already touched on is the sheep ranch i, I just love the I, you know, Core Crenshaw did an amazing job of turning 13 greens into 18 hole golf course. I was super impressed with how they weave these, these little par threes and they just wedged them into these hole into the, into the, the land there. And like I said, I used the word intimate and I, I just, it just made me, it brought me back as a, as a golfer to the, the golf that I played as a kid. And that's what I was introduced to to playing a nine hole golf course where it was just so tight and so concise. And it was like, this is the little teeny plot of land that we have. And we're going to pack these holes in. And the course that I grew up on was a nine hole golf course in Amelia County. 
And it was the course record is 66. I mean, it is a tiny, tough golf course, really small push-up greens. And this this place kind of reminded me of that. And minus the the views of the Pacific Ocean that I didn't get <laughs> in Amelia County. But um yeah, no, I, th- I thought that that course was awesome. Um, next on the list is Bandon Trails, which I know is ranked a lot higher than what I have here. Um, really? Again, but... I, I, it, w- it was a great golf course. Um, had this golf course been anywhere else but here, it would probably be ranked higher. Um, but because you're playing with so many other incredible golf courses with incredible views, um, I just, I, it just fell a little flat for me and I don't know. I, I just, maybe it's because I didn't play that great on them. <laughs> I think I shot a couple over par both times I played it. So that could probably has something to do with it, but it just, it, it, it's, it was something that I'd seen before. So yep. um, I can see that on, in, on the East coast, you know, the rolling Hills with the pine trees, I've seen that. And so, but it, a great golf course nonetheless. And then I, I do have old Mac ranked last and that's probably not fair because we only saw it one time. And, um, but you know, again, there's five incredible golf courses, so you have to rank them. Yeah. However you see them. And I don't, I didn't play old Mac enough. I think had I played it another one more time, I probably would have ranked it higher and moved things around a little bit, but, um, because I only played it once. Um, I've got it kind of at, at the back of the list. It's it's the longest course th- that we have. Um, so if we had played it from the back tees, I'm sure I would think that it's incredibly difficult. But um, beautiful views. Um, but that's that's my ranking okay. for these five courses. All of them incredible. All of them in the top 100 of the World Golf Ranking. Yeah. So real fast. No, you can't go wrong. Before before I do mine, just real fast. So if I rank. If we look at the rankings for Golf Digest, as far as so the like the best in Oregon, or the top five are at Bandon Dunes, um, Pacific Dunes, Bandon Dunes, Old McDonald, Bandon Trails, Sheep Ranch is their ranking. If you go to Golf Week, it goes Pacific Dunes again, number one, then Old McDonald to Bandon Dunes three, Sheep Ranch four, Bandon Trails five. So the really the only thing they agree on is Pacific Dunes number one. Um, Again, which is interesting. Uh, there's probably different criteria that they're grading it on, and yeah. different people, and we can argue all day on the actual raters of of these things. But and they so, ranked so Golf Digest ranked Bandon Trails last on that. Uh, Golf Week ranked Golf it last. Week, yeah, uh, Golf Digest had Sheep Ranch last. Yeah, they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go my rankings here. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got, Mikey? They're a little different than yours. A little different. Um, and this might be because of my history. So number one, I have Bandon Dunes. Yeah, fair. I own, I'm gonna say I'll, I'll say number two real fast, and I'm gonna explain why. Number two is Bandon Trails. Um, I almost want to put Trails number one for me. But the ocean views at Bandon Dunes put Bandon Dunes over the edge. You yeah. know, again, we are there. Not we are there for the ocean, but we're there for great golf. And Bandon Dunes, it's just, it's like my happy place. I right. mean, maybe because I played it the most when I worked there. 
and maybe I played my best golf when I was there. I didn't really necessarily play my best golf when on our trip, but when I worked there, I played my best golf there. So it, it always kind of held a special place yeah. for me. And just as I look back over the last 16 years, whenever I think of the resort, I think of that golf course. So I guess it's just kind of my happy place. I feel at home and I feel like this is Bandon Dunes. So that's why I put that, that number one, yeah. not talking about really, it's more sentimental than it is designed maybe, but I think Bandon trails is the best designed golf course. And I agree. Yeah. You can kind of see that elsewhere. Um, but it's just so peaceful for me when I'm walking around that place. It's peaceful. It, it's just so like, it feels quieter and it's just, again, you're, you're further away from the ocean. So there's less wind and that helps. Yeah. And, but, um, I just love what core and Crenshaw did there. And I think it gets a bad rap. And maybe because I was there and met core and Crenshaw and was there opening day. And again, maybe that there's a sentimental thing there that I look back on. And, and that was, that was cool to be a part of number yeah. three. I have, this is where it gets hard. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ready to change it as I talk here, but okay. I'm going to go with what I wrote down. Number three, I have Pacific dunes again, one of the courses that was there when I was there. So maybe this is a bias from, you know, how much I play these golf courses and remember and know of them, but Pacific dunes, again, it's, it's pretty dramatic. There's some awesome views, some amazing holes. Yeah. You know, you, you think of number four, you just play the entire hole along the ocean, you know, both days. I just took a stroll down the cliff not even looking at the fairway or the hole, just looking at the ocean is just a, a pretty cool hole. And number 13 is my favorite on the golf course. It's I'm going to look at the scorecard here. It's, you know, probably 380 yards from the tees that we played. Um, yeah. 390 from the tees that we played, but it's dead into the wind. The, the second shot's uphill to a green that looks tiny and you're hitting three clubs more than you think you should be hitting. It's just, just, as picturesque as it gets, that 13th hole at Pacific Dunes is cool. And number 11 is one of my favorite holes on the property, the par three, again, along the ocean. And so cool. It's just different. Again, like we talked about, it's just very, very different with almost all these golf courses don't have a traditional 36, 36, 72, you know, from a par yeah. standpoint. Yeah. I think Bandon Dunes might be the only one in that standpoint that has yeah. it, you know, I'm looking at these scorecards, old McDonald, 34, 38, 72, Bannon trails, 36, 35, 71 Pacific dunes, 36, 35 with only two par fours in the back. 71, 36, 36 Bannon dunes, 34, 37 par 71 at sheep or that's old McDonald. Sorry. Um, it's just, I don't know, just different, but anyways, Pacific dunes is my number three. I have sheep ranch number four, which as I'm looking at it seems way too low, but I don't know I don't where know to move. Um, that's the, that's the problem. And then that's, again, that goes back and uh, to what we were talking about earlier, earlier, but why, why you need to go play these golf courses. You've got five golf courses ranked in the top 100 and we could go, you could argue between all five and why they should be ranked higher or lower. Yeah. Um, if you ask me tomorrow, my list could change. It could change hundred percent. And so sheep ranch, I, I was unbelievably excited to play for it, be, play it because of the buzz leading up to it, and because of all the whole, all the green complexes on the ocean. The reason I, I thought when I went there it would be higher up on my list, but there was a, just a few holes, kind of some of the inland holes, um, that just left me wanting a little bit more. Um, 
and it like was eight, eight it was nine. short. Eight and nine didn't do much for me. Number two didn't do much for me. Number four didn't do much for me. Four? Oh, sorry. Wait, did I say number four? Yeah, number four didn't do much for me. At par four, just, I don't know. It was just kind of there. You know, the three was a cool little par three, and five was yeah. a cool par three, but four was just kind of like to get in between the holes. I don't know. It just... um there's a few holes that I was I was I was just wanting a little bit more, um, I guess. Yeah. And again, if I if I play it two more times, it's probably going to change. And if I like if I wake up tomorrow, it's probably going to change. Yeah. So yeah. And then that leaves Old McDonald last, and I think I'm kind of like kinda... you. If if we played it again, it would probably change. If we played it in maybe a little bit of calmer conditions, if I was maybe yeah. a little more focused and not just like walking around yeah. with an erection, I would have been able to swing a little easier. <laughs> Um, but yeah. it was just like that. It just took me a while to get my bearings, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Agreed. and so I feel like I missed out on things and I, I, and going back, I felt like I had a harder time remembering those holes than I did sheep. Obviously I knew all the holes on, on band and dunes, Pacific dunes and band and trails because I played them so much, but yeah, I think and it, and it was maybe a little too crazy for me on some of the greens. Like it was. Yeah. contrived and doke tried a little too hard on a few yeah. of them. Um, yeah. If it was softened just a, t- a touch, maybe I like it a little bit more, but yeah. I think if I play it again, my, my order changes. And, you know, I think we're all human. So how we play on these golf courses or the conditions that we play them in can, can affect them. If we, we played all of them, we, we shot two under on every single golf course and it was perfect conditions. My list probably changes, but um. Yeah, that's that's how I have it. And there's no again, there's no bad. We've said it 45 times tonight. There's no bad choice. It is all personal preference. The magazines rate them all differently. And it's it's just just the best place there is to ever play golf. And I don't care what anyone says. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Yep. So well, uh, you got anything else on Bain and Dunes? Where this has been a really long, long podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> I could talk. How long this is the longest one we've ever had, and I could talk for four more hours on this place. Uh, it, I, I think it, it's worthy. I mean, if, if if people make it all the way to the end and they hear us say this, um, there's a reason that we talk so long about this place. I, I'm, again, I, I, I said it earlier, I've played, I, I don't know how many top 100 golf courses, I think probably 20, 25 prior to this, and I just played five more, and these five are in my top five. <laughs> yeah. I mean – I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like you, you need to go play it. You need to be there and experience it. It's, it's incredible. Um, it, it's awesome. So yeah, it is make it work. You need to do it, do it. And again, I, you know, we didn't talk costs and it's, it's not the cheapest place in the world, but none of them are. I mean, yeah. I, I will say this, you know, one of Mike Kaiser's deals is he's never going to be Pebble beach pricing. And in fact, one of his, goals is his peak greens fee is always going to be half of what pebble beach is (laughs) that's awesome and so yes it's expensive but it's worth it he's still not going to gouge you i never felt like we were getting absolutely gouged i mean we we tried to get in pretty much trip of a lifetime you know we so we got in a lot we did a lot we we didn't feel like we, I don't think we skimped on anything. We, we tried to do yeah. things first class and in the right way. So it, it was, 
an expensive trip and it's and it's not for everyone but if you have the money to do it and and you kind of you can make it shorter you don't have to do as many nights as we did and don't have to play as much golf as we did you can make it cheap like the punch bowl is free right you do that every night if you want it doesn't cost a dime you don't have to drink you know Band and Preserve is obviously a lot cheaper. And actually, all the money they make on Band and Preserve, they, they give to um, a wildlife association. So, like, it, it it can be as extravagant or as affordable as you want it to make. And you yes. can go off-season. You go the the off-season pricing. We went at the peak time, so everything was was peak pricing. And so you can say, oh, I want to go, I but go, I but- need to spend – I need to – cut the the bill in half you can do that just find the right month and you can cut the bill in half so and you can you can be ready for some weather yes you better <laughs> be ready for some weather you know you don't have to take caddies we we strongly recommend it but if you want to skimp on money and just take a trolley take a trolley but um like i said it's it's some of these resorts nowadays are just charging an astronomical amount yeah. for golf you yes. know Pebble Beach is six hundred dollars to play, and Key Islands what four fifty, and I don't know what Pinehurst number two is nowadays, but they're getting so popular that that's going to be crazy here soon. So it's going to be cheaper than those places from their premier golf courses. And guess what? A lot of those resorts only have one premier golf course. This has five. So um, you're going to get better golf when if you're going to play five different golf courses. You know, if you're going to play Pebble Beach every day, yeah, great. If you can afford that, awesome. You know. I might call you for a loan, but, um, <laughs> but you can play five different golf courses and not pay what you're going to pay at Pinehurst number two, Kiwa, yeah, Pebble Beach. So um, go, go, go. And, you know, thank you for, for listening and tuning in. Hopefully you made it the whole way. And I know this was long and in-depth, but this was kind of like we said, we want to do a deep dive and give you every facet um, of this resort and our experience and our trip. And hopefully you uh, can go out there and Mike Chupka can find a way to give us some sort of kickback because we earned it. <laughs> or, he just comp, or he just comp our next trip out there. We just get an emergency nine yeah, podcast trip great. and, and Chupka can just comp the whole thing. So hopefully he's listening. Mike, <laughs> Chubbs, we awesome. love you, bud. Chubbs, we love you, buddy. Great. Keep you know, doing what you're what, doing. You're doing an amazing yeah. job. One of our tenants on this podcast is uh, hashtag no free ads. This was like a over two hour ad for Bandon Dunes. So, yeah. uh, so the one, <laughs> the one time we'll do it. And actually, we didn't get paid a dime. We paid them thousands of dollars. So yeah, thousands and thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars, as you can see in my closet. Um, <laughs> but so much oh, merch, so much merch. I love <laughs> merch. I'm a merch slut. Yeah, you are. You are totally. <laughs> you will slut you. <laughs> All right, Jay Bird. Anything else? No, but uh, that was awesome. That was, that was awesome. awesome. All right. Thanks for all the listeners. Take care. And uh, like, I always, like I always say, go play some golf and go to Ben Dunes. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>